This is Dick Maven, and you're listening to Rabbitohs Radio. Uh, thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. I just want to say thank you to you guys. You know, you guys do this off your own bat, and I know it's really caught on like wildfire. And we've got staff here in the office, and, and I'm not making this up, that, that listen to the podcast on their way into work, in the car, or on the train, or, or whatnot. And I speak out to all my friends out in the community who, who all love it. So, And you guys do this off your own bat. It was your idea without any resourcing or support from the club. So just on behalf of the club, I just want to say thank you and keep up the good work, guys. Export Freight Systems are proud sponsors of Rabbitohs Radio. Export Freight Systems is an international freight forwarder who specialise in export. Ian, the owner, grew up playing for the mighty mascot Jets and is a passionate Bunnies man. Export Freight Systems are confident of getting the pricing you require without compromising excellent service. It doesn't matter if you're a regular exporter or just beginning, they're there to help you. Export Freight Systems. Email ian at efsau.com.au and mention Rabbitohs Radio. He'll take care of you. Since 1962, NG Farah has exemplified a steadfast commitment to service, creativity and hard work. Established from humble beginnings and still independently owned today, the business has grown to three offices that are strategically located to provide you with the most comprehensive real estate coverage in the southeastern region of Sydney. Combining the strict principles of practice and old-fashioned family values, an ability to adapt and grow with the ever-changing markets, and a willingness to embrace technology. NG Farah have forged an enviable reputation for consistently delivering outstanding results. We've got a big show coming up. Shannon Donato, uh, third in charge at the Rabbitohs, underneath Blake Solly and Richo. We've got Roger Fabri. We've got Lachlan Gale. What about that, boys? Yeah, well, that's big, mate. Is it Roger Fabri or Roger Fabri? Brownie? I can go either way, mate, but I call him Roger Roger Fabry. I call him the legend, actually. Yep, Roger Fabry, I'll go with that. Okay, sure. yeah, sweet, sweet. And yeah, Shannon. Shannon was a good interview, wasn't it? It was a great interview we did with him. So look, look forward to that. And What about the young fella? It sounds like a really good young kid, good prospect. Yeah, Lockie Gale, he, he's um, yeah great great family behind him. Um, he's hardworking, Lockie, uh, as he stated in, in his interview, and uh, he's one to look out for. Well, welcome to the off-season edition of Rabbitohs Radio. My name is Grant Chappell, and I'm joined in a brand new room and studio. Two former Rabbitohs, Darren Brown, Steve Maven. What's doing, boys? Hello, boys. Hello, chaps and brownie. What about, G'day, boys. What's happening? What about this new room, this new studio? Talk, talk to me, boys. Well, it's an awesome space. It's our new Rabbitohs Radio studio. Yeah, in the, uh, in the heart of South Sydney Territory, in downtown Botany. Um, yeah, it's uh, not a bad studio, and... Uh, looking forward to recording out of here in the future. Yeah, big things to come out of this studio. And one thing I will tell you, boys, it does feel like home in here. Yeah, it does. It, it does. certainly does. Yeah, a lot more relaxed atmosphere. And um, we've got a couple of Burke Street Bakery coffees at the moment and a nice nice little kickback. And the most important thing is we can record any time. Anywhere, anytime, boys. Us being, um, us being shift workers. Yeah. We can... Well, that's know, right. That, that was can... the killer. Last last um, couple of rounds of the season, we all sort of had clashing shifts and, and clashing... Uh, Lifestyles, but we pulled it off. We can record after an afternoon, we, shift to 10 at night if we wanted to. We pumped the content out. Have we got any thank yous there, boys? I know we've had a lot of help in our 13 weeks. We have. 
Now, on the show, all our sponsors have helped us, and this week, the Rabbitohs Radio Studio was brought to you by Export Freight Systems. But we'd just like to thank Radio Hub and the team there, Silky and Bush, and the young fellas there that always helped us. Yeah, Matt, the two Matts. Two Matts. Top blokes. Taught us how to use this new uh, Roadcaster Pro, which we've got now in front of us, our own Roadcaster Pro. So thanks to Road, and we got that from Manny's Music at Alexandria. And there are a great bunch of blokes in there too. Plenty of stuff in there, guitars, amps, and podcasting materials. Get on your Manny and the boys down there. Yeah, we yeah. also got our headsets from... Tag Technical Audio Group. Now, they're the headsets you'll see on, like, the Matty Johns podcast with the headphones and the microphone. We now have partnered up with Maribra Community Pages on Facebook and Instagram. Marissa from Maribra Community does fantastic work. Now, they support local businesses and promote community news. So. Yeah, thanks, Marissa. Yep. Yeah, well done, Marissa. Welcome it, aboard. Yeah, it was nice to meet you the other day down there at Burke Street Bakery as well. Yeah, we yep. all caught up and had a chat to her. And, um, yeah, and she, I tell you what, she's a passionate rabbit, isn't she? She loves the bunnies. She's a mad rabbit, Like we all do. No, it's all good, boys. Um, what about Maroon, mate? He's, yeah, he's, I'd like you, to uh, thank um, Maroon from Triple M, Anthony Maroon, a good friend of ours. You would have uh, heard him at the top of the show. Yeah. A couple of adverts earlier yeah, on. He's, uh, he's done us a big favour and he's, he's read all our sponsors' ads for us professionally. Um, they will come uh, come through nice and clear and uh, a, a great sound to it. But uh, thanks to Maroon uh, from Triple M. Yeah, thanks, Maroon. you champion. And I just want to mention my old junior club, the Waterloo Waratahs. Now, they've been extinct from the competition since 2004, I think was their last year in the South Junior competition. They're now uh, making a, an entry back into the competition, the South Juniors, uh, as the Waterloo Storm. Yep. And it'll be good to see uh, the blue and gold colours back in the, the junior junior games and to celebrate Waterloo's invitation back into the South Junior Rugby League they're having a family connection day at the National Centre of Indigenous uh, Excellence down there at Redfern and that'll be uh, at 10am on the 1st of December so uh, get down there if you're looking at uh, your kids having a game of footy if they're only young they've got a lot of junior teams um, That's fantastic, mate. I don't know look, there's a few clubs coming back in. You got Kenzo Dragons, the Waterloo Waratahs, yep, or the Waterloo Storm, yep. Um, these days, mate. Oh, yeah, we're so, nothing without the juniors, boys, and we need all exactly. all the volunteers that help bring good young players like yourselves back in the day through. We can only be a stronger club going yeah. in the future. Uh, so, for further information, contact William Gordon at thewaysidechapel.com. Look, guys, get down there. Um, there's going to be a number of celebrities down there. I believe Josh the Fox at O'Carr is going Former to be there. Former player of the Waterloo Waratahs. Former the player. Uh, James Roberts, uh, Cody Walker. Oh, so wow. there's going to be a number of NRL players down there. Get down there. Food, tags, stalls, prizes to be given given away. So get down there and uh, join in the fun. Now, yeah. um, what, what have you been up to since our last show? And obviously we haven't spoke since the grand final. What have you guys been up to? Brownie? Mate, uh, I just uh, come back from a little short trip to Bali. Oh, yeah. Lucky got a, you. Yeah, there got you go. over there with the, uh, with the missus and, uh, and my daughter, Charlie. We had a nice seven days over there. The weather was good. The bintangs were cold. Oh, yeah. And, They're always uh, nice. Yeah. Bintang no. on the beach at sunset. Yeah. yeah oh, the, the, them beach bars, you can't get it any better, can you? $2.50 bintangs. Plancha sitting on the bean Plancha. Got yeah, down La to La Plancha. Yeah. 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 I got an Angus bar outside the... Uh, I went the to Jerry's, actually. 
Oh, yeah, Jerry's yeah. is good. Jerry, yeah. They've got the food in the little yeah. in the cart. It's like yeah. a little restaurant. Probably one of the best steak sandwiches I've ever had there. Yeah, yeah, they now, they did you bump into any footy players on their end of season trip? You didn't bump into the big fella Nelson, did you? No, <laughs> I was a bit late for Nelson. You got no bruises on you? I, I, I bumped into uh, <laughs> Robbie Kernt, who, who's the boss of the Melbourne Storm down there, or one, oh, yeah? one of the bosses down there, and Robbie was staying in our hotel and had a little chat to Robbie about it. But by then, I, I think he'd all been cleared by then. Uh, the integrity unit done their investigation and cleared him of any wrongdoing, um, as they should have. He Sounds was like he was sticking up for sticking his teammates. Well, we're not yeah. Melbourne Storm fans, but I mean, mm. I don't care who you are any day of life. If your mate's in, in a bit of trouble, some of you are going to jump in and put put the jukes up. Looks like done, you've done that. I would have done the same thing. But no, there was a, a lot of footy heads over there, so to speak. Willie Peters, we've had a Willie oh, the on the Willie show. Peters, yeah. Terry Kulitz, we've had Terry on the show. Great man, Tess. Um, who else was over there? Brad, I've seen Brad Arthur. Um, Craig Fitzgibbon was there. I had a little chat to him about the grand final. Told him he was very lucky. Uh, he wasn't too happy about that. But um, <laughs> uh, that's just my opinion. I thought they were lucky, and we'll discuss that game a little bit later in the show. What about you, chaps? What have you been up to? Me and myself, mate. Just been putting a bit of time in with the family, mate. Obviously, it's a, it's a busy season um, with the board riders, and we're starting up this podcast. We finished off the board riders' season. And some great weather. Two weeks ago on a Saturday, 35 degrees. We had the uh, the lamb shish kebabs out, mate. Firing up all day. Big dance off at the end. Plenty of beers. Nice. Plenty of sun. No Bra- tears at the end. It was all good. The Brazilian barbecue. They Brazilian barbecue was on the one before that, but not this one. Now we went out to um, a place at Marrickville and we bought our uh, 300 kebabs. Oh, nice. 300 nice. kebab sticks. We got the wraps. We had the tabbouleh yeah. from Crazy Chooks there at Malabar, and yeah. oh mate, it was beautiful, mate. Crazy Went down chicks, really good, well. Great chicken burgers and salads. Yeah. Yep, great yep. salads, mate. What about yourself, Mova? Mate, uh, well, speaking of Brazilian barbecue, I went to my mate Ben Decker's wedding. Ben and Mel got married at their house out at uh, Pitt Town, and it's a just it was a magnificent day. Brazilian barbecue, the best lamb I've ever tasted. And the setting was just perfect. The sun went down. It was outdoors and a yeah, really nice wedding. And Ben Decker. Uh, 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 he's a former Rabbitoh, Ben Decker. Benny Decker. From memory. Yeah. He was a very good um, young prospect. Yeah, I think he went to Maris Page. Did he go to Maris Page? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yep, he did. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And what about his lawn? How good is his lawn? <laughs> his lawn's unbelievable. He uses a cylinder mower and he mows it every second day. And you get there, it was like like the SCG. It was just the cross pattern and all that. So no, he Can did he a, pattern that on? So, he could, so, yeah, he's going to set up a little because we he, we do play golf together, and he's thinking about setting up a little chipping green. A little chipping green. So he mows his lawn. So he, he travels two hours to work, works for eight hours, and then um, has enough time to mow the lawn. Twice has enough time every second to, day to mow the lawn. What man? Yeah. Oh well, yeah, we get we get a bit of time off us uh, permo wolfies. Oh yeah, fair you'll find enough. that out eventually, yeah. Brownie. Yeah, but fair uh, enough. and also the there was a. Footage on my Insta and of my, me kissing my missus when uh, our, your song was on, Elton John's Your Song, and I kissed my missus, and as I kissed her, the lights went out. The electricity the, went out. The electricity. Oh. It was like It was electric. A lot of passion <laughs> in, that, in that relationship. I've you and that, Sam, eh? I've got that power. There is. You know, 25 years later. Who would have thought? Anyway. Yeah, uh, you're, you're an inspiration, mate. <laughs> thank you. Now, also, the other, the other big news for me was I was playing in a golfer tour event at Monash, and that's an exclusive course up near Narrabeen. And uh, the organisers were there and they said, oh, do you want to do a little interview? And I said, oh, yeah, of course I do. And I did a little, because I was already shooting footage for Mavo's golf blog. Anyway, they had a look at it and said, oh, this is pretty good. And now they've partnered up with me. So we're going to share each other's stuff. Uh, the Golfer Tour is part of Crazy Golf Deals. And they do some great deals on golfs and carts. And the Golfer Tour is a separate thing where you go and play golf and you, and you pay for... Um, 
you pay for the day and there's prizes and there's um, a celebrity golf pro and you get a dinner afterwards. So, yeah, it's, it's very wow. good. So, if anyone's interested Tell in that. Tell you what, not, not, not a bad day out. Sounds, you didn't expect that, did you? The great days out. And, and there's a couple of good ones coming up at Bonnie Doon. Yeah, I'm in for that. Put me to Bonnie put, Doon put me and then we've got that. St. Michael's and Ramwick. So, you know, Bonnie Doon, you can't get a start there anywhere else. No. So, if you go and sign up at the Golfer Tour, you can have a hit at Bonnie Doon. That's a great track, uh, Bonnie Doon. Yeah. Now, also, at the start of the show, you might have heard Chaps intro and it was to Crash in the Carpenter's new song She's Subatomic it's a brand new signal it's a brand new signal it's a single single it's a brand new single that'll be out in December it's a catchy tune and they're releasing it to celebrate 40 years of two-tone music which started in the UK as a blend of reggae and punk rock now I haven't heard of two-tone but I did google it and it's real it's a real thing and Carpo's all over it because you don't miss much here, Carpo. No, no, and it's you know, that, and I've listened listened to that song a couple of times now, and it, it is. Fortieth quite... anniversary. Fortieth yeah. anniversary. It's a bit catchy. It's good. It's two good tone. Song. She's subatomic, and it's actually the fortieth anniversary of um, NMSR, North River Surf Riders, too. Right. Just thought I'd throw that in. Well there you done. Go. You might be able to. Uh, you got a presentation for that? We have We've got a presentation coming up the twenty third of November down there at Maroo Bowling Club, mate. You, you might Club. be able to use that song. I think yeah, we will. You might. You we'll might. chat to Capo. I'll tie, tie in. Yeah. We might get Capo down there. It might be on the charts. You never know. We're gonna we're gonna put it. We're gonna help him go out there and, and look out for our music episode that we're gonna release soon. And that song will be on there. And talking of our music, we've, I also met Jim Haynes, who wrote the team in red and green. Now Jim has written over two hundred songs and twenty eight books. Wow. Now Jim played for Botany United and spent his youth running around under the scoreboard at Redfern Oval. He's one of us boys. Now his songs that were hits include "You Don't Call Wagga Wagga Wagga." <laughs> and <laughs> and since Cheryl went feral, wow! Good on you, Jim. Very catchy, Jim. Oh, mate, I he's like a, it. mate, he's a legend, no doubt about it. Boys, just before we get onto the show, I just want to send out a cheerio to Lionel Potter. Lionel Potter uh, took a fall um, in uh, the city a couple of weeks ago, and he's in uh, St Vincent's Hospital recovering. Lionel was a, a trainer. Uh, for the mighty South Sydney Rabbitohs back in the late 80s and 90s when Mavo and I played. And he's a good fellow. He's, he's a knockabout bloke. And um, I just want to wish Lionel all the best and a speedy recovery out there, mate. Get well soon. Yeah, nice, Brownie. Nice, mate. Yeah, good man, Lionel. Get well soon, mate. Now, we'll just move on to the Rabbit of the Week. Brought to you by Burke Street Bakery. And this week, it is Soulstar69 on Instagram. Now, Soulstar... It has been liking all of our messages, sending us you know, clapping hands and flames every time we, we post something on our story. So that's what we want. We want to see people liking our stuff, sharing it, telling people about us. So Soulstar69, you are our rabbit of the week and you win a coffee voucher for a month at Burke Street Bakery at any one of their 14 stores. And it might be a coffee... Um, what do you get there, chaps? The I get the lamb and arisa. I get the pork and fennel sausage rolls. The kids always get the freshly squeezed lemonade down there. I couldn't recommend it anymore. Fantastic. Yeah, the chocolate milks and the, what's the tea brownie that you get? Lemongrass. Lemon yeah, grass I'm off tea. the coffee at the moment, but uh, lemongrass tea. Yeah, it's it's great. He does a great lemongrass tea. Pour, he pours that hot water in there really good. Yeah. Albert, young, young Alfred. Alfred. Young Alfred. Alfred. <laughs> Shout out to Alfred. Shout out to Alfred from Burke Street Bakery. A good young kid. Always remembers your name. It took me a couple of times to remember him, but um, now I'm all over it. And he's made us feel welcome and really looks after us down there, boys. He Shout does. out to you, Alfred. Alfred at Banks Meadow, Burke Street Bakery. Yeah, good on you, Alfred. All right, boys. As, as we touched on earlier, we haven't, haven't spoken since 
the GF. So uh, what did you just get up to for the GF, boys? We'll just watch it. I just watched the GF at home with the missus. Uh, I didn't really have much reason to celebrate. I, I intended to have, a, as you do, have quite a few beers and then well, I only had a couple and wrapped it up. Well, what about you, Brownie? Where did you watch it? Yeah, mate, I, I was quite similar to Mavo. I was uh, pretty quiet. Uh, didn't have a great deal of interest in it with the Roosters playing. I watched it at a mate's place, at a, at a barbie there. I actually had to get up at five the next morning and uh, do a day shift um uh, at work and um yeah so just uh very quiet mate for me yeah right boys i shot up the coast of the family just because it was a long weekend had to work day shift saturday knocked off at two packed the car up we shot up there to seals rocks by the time we get there with with all the stops with the kids how long does it, it take to drive there chaps it's about about three and a half with my mom it's about four and a half they have to stop all the time and whatnot so, <laughs> yeah. so it was Is dark it? by the time we got there and i said let's just have a few beers and have some dinner um we got, i got up really early Took the dog for a walk to this um, surfing beach I like, which is called Lighthouse Beach. And been a long weekend. I thought it'd be packed down there. The waves are really good. There's two blokes out. It's all right. Wow. Went back and got the family, had a bit of breakfast. Was got there, back was down there. there any... The beach was packed. No one in the water. There was a good wave on. So I went out there myself two hours, cracked plenty of waves, blah, blah. And I got out and a fisherman pulled, walked straight up to me and said, um, Mate, you know there was a shark attack here yesterday afternoon. <laughs> I said, oh, mate, that information would have been handy about two hours ago. <laughs> but um, I said, oh, well, okay. I didn't, he, he pulled out his phone, jumped on Instagram. He just went hashtag Seals Rocks, pressed the recent photos, and up, sure enough, yep. up came this about a Big mid, mid, mid-20s. He was his kid. He got knocked off his board from underneath. It creased it, snapped the stringer, and then it came. he, he was off his board, and then it bit probably a quarter, the back quarter of his board off, including the fin. And he describes in his um, Instagram post that it was about a three and a half meter, four meter, great wow. white. So, oh, wow. so you yeah, were lucky. I'm, you were lucky to make the grand final viewing. Well, I'm lucky to be here, to be honest. But um, and then in the end, we um, we've got a story to tell on the, on the show, wouldn't we? About that was grand final day. <laughs> yeah. So then I, I shot up to uh, the recreational club there at the back of Boomerang and Blueys, right on the lake, at the Mile Lakes there. And we got there a bit late. It was about 6 o'clock. I know the game started an hour or so after that, but there wasn't a spare seat in the joint. Packed. One of the biggest days of the year. And the crowd was 99% uh, Raiders fans, and they are all doing the Viking clap. So I, f- I got, I got, got in. involved in it. You do it, Did yeah. the Viking clap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you, as you I went home disappointed. But they they had a right. horn there as well? But I'll tell you oh. what. How did you see the game? I, was, I thought the Raiders had enough chances to win five games. They did, mate. But look, what about the ball hitting the trainer in the early, early in the game? It changed the game. Oh, yep. I wouldn't say change the well, look, game, over. You look at this way. Yeah. They, they, that, that, that was in, that was in the, the first ten minutes. Let me make the point. Yeah. If that, if if the he didn't hit the trainer, then um, the the big forward that was chasing it, he was away. Yeah. Right now, he, if he, he might not have scored, but he would have been all the way down the other end of the field. Yeah. Now the alternative, what actually happened was it was a turnover to the Chooks. Yeah. And the Chooks scored. Yeah. So it was a huge turnaround in the game. Yeah. You, know, you well, don't realise that. Yeah, but it was early on in the game. The Raiders game. never touched a ball for the first seven minutes, was it? So yeah. that's a, that's yeah. a, that's you know that's rare start in yeah. the grand yeah. final so that yeah. a team like the Raiders never touched the football. Yep. And were behind six blot. At the, at the end of the day, it's a ridiculous rule. The rules, if you yeah. know the rule, the rules set up in case it hits a referee. There's no rule for the trainer. Yeah. So I reckon right. common that's sense right. should have prevailed. Yeah. And they give the ball back to the Raiders where it hit the official. Yeah, okay? well, they've got to change the rule. That's the point I'm making. They've got to change the rule. Look, if if that trainer's silly enough to still be on the field for, for that period after after the fourth tackle and gets in the way, then surely it's got to be turned over to the other side because it's his problem for getting in the way. Well, so, on a side note, if you, you've had all year to talk to these players, what the hell have you got to talk to them in the first 
couple of sets of six. And, and yep. in fact, the Roosters had a trainer on the field the entire 80 minutes. As soon as that yep. bloke with the orange shirt came on, who tagged him? But that's like every Matt side King. taps. Matt King in the blue shirt tagged him. He ran out there. Yeah, but yeah. I'm just I'm just picking on the Roosters at the moment. Yeah, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Well, let's yeah. do that. We, it was a game changer. <laughs> 100%. Look, it was a game changer, Yeah, in my opinion, because yeah. it was hardly a try in the whole game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, the other thing that I was saying about the six the six again debacle, yeah. and one of my Roosters mates said, oh, well, what's it, what's it say on the trophy? I said, well, it should say six again. Yeah, you know, and and obviously that's debatable whether that cha- was the, Look, the turning uh, point. Uh, it was a tough call. It was a tough call, but um, from my point of view, um, there was two opportunities in the second half. Okay, the Raiders had one down the right hand edge where um, BJ, yeah, BJ Lalua had a, a, a catch and pass two on one to the winger. Yeah, that was he, the game right there. To Rapana, was and that he scores because if they score there. That's the game. That the Roosters were shot. They were going nowhere in their yeah. sets of six. They You're weren't right. getting out of their half. Uh, the Raiders were containing Tedesco. Uh, he wasn't. He but wasn't even in the game. It was a selfish play in the end. Yeah. yeah okay. that, and that's a simple two on one. So two like, on one. That, that's they a score there. Yep. The game sealed to the Raiders. Well, I'll, go, I'll go back a week. We had yeah. a simple two on one in our game. Yeah. 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 Who Camp, was it? Campbell Graham. Yeah. Campbell Graham at a two-on-one to put yeah. a bloke in the corner. We don't lose from there. Yeah, yeah true. Right. We're a good front yeah. anyway. And look, so, and, and, okay. a, and they're both good players. Campbell Graham, BJ Lelewa, and yeah. you know, all your life, you know, you grow up playing footy. It's a three-on-two or a two-on-one. Just go through the hands, use the overlap. Yeah. In this situation, for whatever reason, both of them didn't so do it, big, and it was big yeah. games. You got to take them opportunities. Okay. Yep. Bad call by the ref. Roosters get an opportunity. Bang! They take the opportunity. They score grand final to the Roosters. Yeah. So there was only two opportunities in that second half. One to the Roosters, one to the Raiders. The yeah. Roosters took it and they win the game. That's the difference. And the other point, a bit of polish on the end of their play. True. And the other point is that when the Roosters were down to 12 men, they lifted. Yeah. And, and you know, realistically, the Roosters with 12 men under their salary cap is as good but as... But they up. lifted, but they were gone, Mova. They're as they, good they, as other sides with gone. 13. I'd the hate to go back to, to our side, the yeah. Rabbitohs, but how many times we get in a 12-man lift as well? They yeah. came against Brisbane, we went yeah. down twice. Yep. Um, it's be- becoming a bit of a theme. The good yeah. sides can do it. The bad sides drop heads. I didn't say that. It, it took it out of them. They were gone. The Roosters were gone from yeah, my well. point of view. Yeah, if yeah. you watch I the agree. game again, that if all Canberra had to do was score, when they took, if they took that opportunity to score, they win the grand final. Look, yeah. I'm going to make a bold statement here, boys. I'm going to say they won't win a premiership for a long, long time, the Roosters. I'm, I'm talking 20 to 30 years. Now? Now, <laughs> right now. I'm going to make that <laughs> statement. And I remember, I think it was... Well, it might have been the late 30s. They never won a premiership for a long time. It was a 30-year gap. Yeah. It wasn't quite 43 years like our one, but yeah. I'm predicting a very big premiership drought for them. Their castle is about to crumble. Why is that? Oh, man, I just think he's just an angry little bastard, that um, Trent Robinson. Yeah. I, I reckon eventually he's going to wear thin on these players. Yeah. He nearly did a few years ago mm. where they went from... Well, gets, they get sick of winning. They, went, that... they end up in the bottom four. Yeah. Um, they're probably don't, not going to have that desire they had next. Um, they'll go on for that back to back. No one had done it since 92, 93. What are they going for now? Mm. The, the yeah. trifecta. They're going for the hat trick. Yeah, I, I don't think he's that good of a coach. I, I reckon Craig oh, Bellamy's a better coach. I think Honestly, he's a good coach. He, oh, mate, they just won back to back premierships. Oh, he's a good coach. Yeah, I don't think his coaching's in question. But I'm happy to take it on board. Mate, Jeez, he, Paul Langmack could have won that comp for the Roosters this year. That was, that was a terrible. Mate. He's a great. That coach. wasn't that wasn't a great job, yeah. in my opinion. That that was one of the best rosters put together in the NRL era. Yeah, but mate, it, complete international backline. Has that ever happened before? Come yeah. on, boys. We might shoot off through our first break here on the off-season edition of Rabbitohs Radio. South Sydney boys, you can't do them much harm. Churchill once played with a broken arm. 
the day they broke John Sattler's jaw He wouldn't leave the field Till the team in red and green had won the shield I'd like to welcome Chief Commercial Officer and former Rabbitoh, Shannon Donato to the program. Welcome on board, mate. Thanks, Chaps. Great Good. to be here, mate. Big fan of the show. G'day, Shannon. How are you, mate? Thanks, mate. I've got Mavo and Brownie, Brownie in the room as well. Man. Good, mate. Hello, mate. Glad to have you on board. Now, we'll just start with a Thanks, few questions, uh, bud. One we ask all our people that we get on the line. Where are you from and what was it like growing up there, Shan? Uh, I grew up in uh, Wollamaloo, um, which is probably less than two k's from Redfern and mate it was great I, I was fortunate enough to live two houses up from Jim Dimmick and Angelo Dimmick both um, went on to play for South and um, I lived on the other side of my house actually was Jim Morgan former Australian front rower he was um, stepdad to my best mate so I was surrounded by good South people grew up a South man my whole life all we did all winter was uh, was, was play football down in Wamaloo so uh, been a South man born and bred my whole life Great footy community down there, mate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Everybody just lives and breathes their league down there. Even even today, I go down and see the kids, and they're always playing touch footy on the basketball courts or, or tackle footy up at the domain. So, yeah, a lot of hardcore rugby league people down there and probably 99% Rabbitohs. Yeah, mate, we'll, we'll just give, give the listeners a little run through. You played 78 first-grade games with South Cronulla and Penrith and also one game for Italy. And you're a mascot junior, and you made your debut for the Bunnies in '95 at Hooker. Yes. Can you tell us that, a little that, bit your memories of that, mate? The the debut was. Uh, I just got to correct one thing there. I was actually a Kenzo junior. I never I never played for mascot. Uh, my my former te- teammates will shoot me if I, if I put my hand <laughs> oh, up well, as, a, as a mascot player. <laughs> yeah, well, Brown, I think Brownie tries to claim everyone. And yeah, well, I claim everyone as mascot juniors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so we'll blame Brownie for that one. The Kenzo Dragons are back this year too in A grade. Um, 2020, they're going to come back next actually, year. Actually, yeah, I might. Yeah, yeah, big you having a run with them or what? Oh, mate, I don't, I don't think I'd make it to the sideline. I'd be out of breath <laughs> by the time I got there. But it's great to see Sato uh, breathing life back in the in the Kenzo, he's a proud Kenzo boy, life member of not only the Rabbitohs, but obviously Kenzo as well, won numerous premierships there. So it's great to see uh, Kenzo coming back to life, particularly under such a passionate guy as Sutter. Yeah, well yeah. done. And going Bob. back to that debut there, mate, you, that, that side you come up against, what a hot side that was with the likes of Matthew Ridge, Terry Hill, Hopawade, Cliff Lyons, just to name a few, mate. Des Hasler was the opposite hooker. What sort of day yeah. was it, mate? That, that's a bloody hot side you got there coming up against. Made it was it was a it was a great side, but we, we were sort of full of full of pluck actually. You, you know, you're just so excited to be making your first grade debut. You don't care who it's against, and in fact, the, the bigger the name, the better. I guess you you just you're young and young and courageous. I remember it was a really it was a really warm warm day. It was a Sunday. It was a Channel Nine match of the day, and it's funny enough. I'd always dreamed of playing for South as a kid, and I'd always had this dream of, um, you know running down the tunnel and, and sort of as you run down the, the grandstand on the eastern side opening up in front of you and sure enough as I dreamt about as a kid without without joking it was exactly it was like a sense of deja vu as I ran onto the field for the first time it was um, I, I remember my dad um, crying when, when when it was announced when I was in the side and my brother being really excited and well, yeah it was a very special day we, we got beat by a, by a side full of internationals with Manly but um, it sort of made me realise that you know they Everybody else is just human, and you hit them hard enough, you can knock the wind out of them, just like they do to you. Yeah, right. Now that side, Cement Gillespie, Ian Roberts, Beaver Menzies, you know. So there's there's no disgrace getting beat by them. Now, mate, fast forward to round nine, and you've 
can you have you got your memories of your first try in first grade? Was it a length of the field effort and you're chipping over the top or anything? Was that against Parramatta? It was. Uh, I think it was against the Tigers, maybe. Uh, oh, the Tigers at Parramatta Tigers, Stadium. Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah, that's why I thought Parramatta. You're right. It was. I do remember it. It was. Um. It actually. It actually was. With not long to go, it actually put us in front to to help help win the game. So, yeah, it was nice. sort of just a show and go down the down the sideline. Sort of had a, a sort of sort of three on two on the down the short side and sort of dummied went myself and got through and uh, fortunately it was only now it wasn't a length of the field job it was only about a, a 20 metre job so uh, I was quick enough to, to any further than 20 metres I'm sure they would have caught me after a few young Henry's mate uh, you know that that run was about 50 metres <laughs> yeah that's exactly right <laughs> mate any, any further than 20 metres now I need to order a taxi yeah, <laughs> mate. Uh, coming coming through your junior career, did you have a, an influence or somebody that helped you through and and was a a great help to your career? Um, yeah, as I said, I, I was fortunate enough that Jim Morgan lived next door to me, and he was a stepdad to my best mate, and um, he would always just give me tips here or there. But another one that had a really big influence on me was. Jim, Jim Dimmick and Angelo Dimmick. The fact that they were just mates that I'd grown up with my whole life, and to see Jimmy go through and play first grade and see Angelo play grade, and um, you know Jimmy won Dalian Lock of the Year, went on to play for New South Wales and Australia. And here's a mate I'd been playing park footy with my my whole life, and I made me feel like, well, I mean, I never reached the the heights of Jimmy, but yeah. I thought if my best mate can 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 make it at that level, you know, maybe it's not so big a thing you know when you're a kid growing up in inner city while I'm watching him on TV you think that's not for me but when when Jimmy made it, all of a sudden I thought well maybe maybe this is possible yeah good stuff no two two good players to look up to mate two good blokes as well yeah. Jim and Angie a couple of champions we actually uh, we worked with Angelo there out at the wharves yep just to give him a plug but and, now and also your brother uh, Nafsa Wolfie as well didn't he he's yeah del- yeah he's, he's a delegate he's now a- yeah he is, yeah. He's the Sydney Sydney branch assistant secretary, so he's um he's moving up in the world and so and he's going out a few belt notches from what I've seen the last time I saw him as well. He's obviously doing a lot of long lunches, but uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's doing a good a job in the- there. I can tell you that he's doing a good job. For the uh, uh, legendary Maritime Union of Australia, which we're all proud yeah. members of. Now you finished yeah, well, up there. You went to Cronulla and you f- finished up down there at Penrith Panthers. Now talk us through how you finished up retiring and, and the transition from player to the front office there at Penrith and who were the influences in that decision? Yeah, I was very fortunate that um, from my whole time at South, um, I sort of came into grade at the time when, you know, Brownie, Mavo, you, you guys will remember this, but it went from the time it went sort of part-time when we used to train like three nights a week from, you know, five o'clock to about eight o'clock, you train three nights a week at Redford Oval. Yep. And then um, the sort of RRL Super League thing came in and it all went full time. So I was fortunate that I started just before that full time um, ethos started so that I, I'd already started university. I was working as a garbo of a, of a morning and, a, and, you know, my dad was adamant that I didn't give up either of those things. Yeah. And um, so I had that. So I was studying a degree, but when we went full time, I had to go from obviously studying full-time to part-time so rather than doing you know um four subjects a semester I might do one or two so my sort of four-year degree took me took me seven years to get and then I did some postgrad studies as well so from South to Cronulla to Penrith I was studying at uni the whole time doing 
some a degree and then some postgrad studies as well and then some practical placements and some of the practical stuff because I did a sports management degree I did in the office with with Panthers and help start up their community foundation Panthers on the crowd out there so yeah, I'd always nice. been working sort of in their office as part of their prac while I was playing footy and doing my study so it really made the transition really easy in fact I sort of had played my last game and then went to work the follow, following Monday that's how sort of seamless the transition so I was sort of fortunate that I'd, I'd had that um, study and practical background all the way through What was the first role you took out uh, in the front office there at um, Penrith Panthers mate? What, what role was it? That's a really good question, chap. So I was a business development executive. So basically, it's a glorified term for going out and just running down um, sponsors. I was just one of the members of the sponsorship team, and I really enjoyed okay. that. I already had a bit of a rapport with some of the sponsors from being a corporate event and sponsors events as a player. So I probably made that transition easier, and then um, and then servicing sponsors as well. So I'd already done a bit of that, um, and then eventually became the sponsorship manager out there, and then. I become overall um, chief commercial officer out there. Well, the marketing manager was the title, so I oversaw all of the commercial business units, match days, sponsorship, uh, membership, merchandise. By the and, time and that's I a very big sort of club, club Penrith Panthers, one of the biggest in Sydney if, uh, that, in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very, very strong commercial programs, lots of, you know, in excess of, you know, 200 sponsors in the sponsor family. So it was a really, really good grounding. They probably weren't um, as well resourced in terms of staff numbers as we're fortunate enough to be here at Rabideau. So I had to wear a number of hats and I, I think that was a really good grounding for me so that, you know, each of the business units that I oversee here at the Rabideaus, I was sort of elbow deep in uh, during my time at Panthers. So I sort of understand them, each of those commercial business units intimately through that experience. So now fast forward, you've been at South for a while now, mate. Can you tell us what, uh, what your role is there and how the team works with you, Richo and Blake Solly? Sure. Um, so my role is, as Chief Commercial Officer is to generate the revenue for the club. So we, we generate about $31 million and typically wow. turn over, yeah, typically, you know, make a profit of somewhere between $1 and $2 million each year. And my job's in summary to, to generate that revenue. So I oversee the sponsorship and corporate teams. I oversee the the match day teams, the the merchandise teams, the the membership teams, the, the ticketing, and and basically generate the revenue. So I enter through to Blake Solly, who's the CEO. He oversees all of the um, administrative side of the business. So there's also um, our, our digital and marketing team that Blake oversees. Our finance, HR, and compliance teams, the South Cares. Um, Blake oversees all of that, um, and then Richo obviously oversees football and both. Um, all, all aspects of football so both Blake and Richo enter directly through to the board but I enter through directly through to um, Blake which has been great he's got a wealth of experience he had a similar role to what I've got in the in the UK I think he's the, the best young CEO in the game hopefully I'll get a pay rise for that <laughs> <laughs> but he is he's a, he's a very good operator and it's because of him that you know the NRL do benchmarking and us and the Broncos consistently are the are the most um, profitable um, and well-run clubs in the in the NRL year in year out the benchmarking shows oh good stuff Shan just on the footy side of things mate we've had um, probably arguably three of the greatest players to retire this year G.I. Sato and, uh, and the latest one uh, Sammy mate what sort of legacy have they left the club in yeah, that's a really good question too, Brownie. I think you know the 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 
the hardness and intensity of Sam, uh, the, the the skill level and uh, the athleticism of um, Greg has been amazing. And then when you get a John, just a passion for the club. The three things they bought as our leadership group that their, their, that legacy will live on through the young guys like Cameron Murray and you spoke about Lachlan Gale and those kind of guys coming through. That that'll live on for for decades. They just took all of those areas to another level when they came in, and and you know nobody bleeds red and green like John Sutton. He's just so passionate yeah. about this club. Uh, there's, there's been you know we've had Sats, and I know this is a big call of Ron Coote. Lurch O'Neill, all of these players that I honestly think Sam's one of the, if not the toughest player to have played for South. And then Greg is just a, you know, a, a future, future immortal, the skill level. So those, those, those tenants are things that will live with our club for, for the next decades. And fortunately enough, they're all, all still going to be involved off the field now. You know, the club's in a strong enough financial position that now we can hang on to these guys and look after them post football and they can continue to, to add value. In years gone past, we all know, we all know it that we've had great players that weren't able to finish their career at South because we weren't in a financial position. But now we are to look after those guys and make sure that that, that legacy and, and the DNA of what makes the Rabbitohs a part of the league can, can live on. Yeah, you couldn't answer that any better, mate. Uh, we had Sato on the show um, earlier in the year and it's never about it's never about him, it's always about the club. And, uh, you know, it's glad to see them all still involved with the club next year. Yeah, absolutely. They'll, they'll add a, a stack of value to those young players coming through and, and continue to maintain that, the rabbit away, the culture that we've got to hear. Just a quick story about Sada. You know, I remember that was about three years ago. He did his peak in round one at the footy stadium when we built the Roosters by at a game. He was out for out for about six months. So what we tend to do with the injured players, so we take the burden off the, the ones who are playing with the injured players, we put them up for all the media and all the marketing and, and whatnot. So we had to go up and promote a game up in Cairns that we're having that year. And then we had to fly over to Perth and do the media circus over there as well. So I probably spent about a month on the road with with Sutter going, doing all this, all the media and the marketing um, and, you know, just his passion for the club and everything and watching the games and, you know, we'd be watching the games in the hotel and when we're losing, he would actually, it was, it was almost, he was almost in pain, you know. He was, yeah. And it was a real <laughs> eye-opener for me, you know, how much he really cared for the club. Yeah, and, I, you know, we're just so poor. Out of all the players, and we've, we've had some greats and I've, lo- I've loved lots of them, but I, John is my, my favourite all-time Rabbitoh. Oh, good stuff. He's got a great rapport with the fans and... and and all the players alike and, and, and everyone in that back office made and I echo all those sentiments that you just said now and we've got one of the most high profile owners in the game in Russell Crowe mate have you had too much to do, uh, to do with Russell you got any Russell Crowe stories for us on the show mate yeah Russell Russell's you know you talk about passion for the club and Russell's as passionate as absolute anyone and you know people, no doubt about people it. forget you know not only has he put his money in and you know for the first few years when we when we privatised, well, Russell came in as an investor with Peter Holmes. We were losing millions and millions, and continued to to write checks to make sure that we're resourced to become the club that we are today. And and they basically underwrote all of that to to make sure that we had you know the commercial admin staff, but also on the football side had the resources. So you know he he's tipped in his money, but he's also tipped in his time, and he still does a lot. I've sat down with him in Wollamaloo over a cup of tea, um, and. He, one of the things, just a cup of tea itself, it was, um, it had all the royal insignias. And I said to Russell, um, 
you know, I always imagine you as a Republican. I didn't imagine you as a, as a, as a, you know, someone who has the the memorabilia of the royal family and all of their china. And he said, yeah, that's a funny thing, isn't it? It's just one of those niche things that I've collected over the years. And he's got a stack of royal, um, you know, uh, crockery. But um, you know. When it comes to when it comes to the rabbit, you have a cup he, of tea with any of that royal crockery, Shane? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. A little oil grey or something. Yeah. <laughs> I did over, overlooking Wollamaloo Bay where I grew up. Funnily enough. So <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where he, was, uh, where he was living there, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, well, he still is. And I, I was um, I was drinking out of royal cup of tea off the finger wharf that I used to used to fish off as a kid. And I was thinking, oh, this finger wharf's changed a, a fair bit. It's got John Laws, Russell Crowe living up here, and yeah, uh, but. But you know, I, yeah, he's really passionate. Russell's big passions are making sure that the, the the players and the team have everything they need. He's passionate about merchandise and and making sure that all the merchandise, the designs, are top notch and um, quality befitting the club. And and Matt Day, the the presentation, you know, he's a close with Dean Perry of Tap Dogs who does the show calling on our match days and so you know Russell you know he demands that level of excellence in particularly in those areas and they're you know he's so he's still he's still quite hands on with the minutiae he's much more hands on with Blake than he is with me but Blake will Blake will attest to, to you know he's across every fine detail particularly in merchandise and match day yeah mate he's, he's had a huge influence and back to the early days when he and he brought Sam Burgess to the club, fruit, all the things you've just mentioned, mate. And I've actually been up to his farm there at Nana Glen and had a great time. I actually sang in his church, but that's the story for another show. Um, now, we'll just move <laughs> on. We had a day there at Metricon Stadium with you and the members, and it's fabulous there to anyone that's looking to uh, go and watch some footy on the weekends. Our Pathways teams play there uh, at the old Redfern Oval Metricon Stadium. So just talk about some uh, membership, mate, and what models there are. You can You can become a... A Rabbitohs member or a three-game member—is that all those options still there, or a ticket, full-ticketed member? Absolutely, there. There, all of the options are there. So there's memberships that don't even include ticketing to a match. You might just, you might, you might live away or not able to get to matches, and we've got what's called supporter membership. Um, still gives you uh, all, all of the kit. You know, you might get the hat, the scarf, and the, the, the you know, the lanyards and all, all the other stuff that goes along with being a Rabbitohs member, as well as. Uh, able to attend the events with the players throughout the years to the 10% off the merchandise discount. So there's there's non-ticketed membership, a supporter membership, right through the ticketed. And as you said, um, over there's lots of different options. There's there's a three-game membership, so you can use at any three games, or you can have three people go to the one game if you like. So we've got a Flexi 3 membership, yeah, right. a Flexi 5 membership. We've got general admission membership, um, right through to reserve seat membership. So... Um, and particularly, you know, the, the back end of this year, we're moving to Bankwest Stadium. So, you know, some of the bigger games there, we foresee being sellouts. So the only way to be guaranteed a seat at, say, when we move to Bankwest Stadium and moving forward in future years, or even the game at the Central Coast sellout and Sunshine Coast selling out, the only way to be guaranteed a seat to some of our bigger games moving forward will to be a member. And it's a great way to support the club we're, it's one of the things that sets us apart we don't have a, a league club to yeah I was going to mention that yeah yeah. So we're so up against teams that have got yeah. we're a membership based uh, business model mate and uh, and the, this club's nothing without its members and its sponsors and we've got fantastic sponsors and you being the chief commercial officer of the mighty South Sydney Rabbitohs mate what about some of those fantastic sponsors that have been loyal to us for years and years mate I know we met a few down there at Metricon that day as Mavo touched on mate um, what if we had the play it safe 
Alcatel, Alcatel, the boss from Alcatel, he was Sam, a nice fellow. Yep. We've got Aqualand. Talk us through how important those guys are. Basically, sponsorship is the biggest revenue stream for our club. So, you know, just shy of $10 million comes from our from our corporate partners. And, and as you said, they're all really passionate. They, they're not only financially investing for the club, but they emotionally invest. They make sure that, you know, uh, they make sure they special offers for members all the time. So, you know, um, you know, it might be metric on a home and you get, you know, $10,000 worth of appliances if you, you know, a Rabbitohs member and buy a metric on a home. That's just an example. You know, the sponsors are always making sure they add value to our members and supporters. You know, they're activating at game days, making sure that everyone's given promotional collateral on the way in. It might be something as simple as a try card. might be, you know, they're just constantly trying to add to the members' experience. So they're investing not only financially in terms of supporting the club, but also emotionally to make sure the club, the members, and everybody has, you know, a great experience and continues to be the pride of the league. Yeah, well, we spoke to the what-if guy and... He, they're a they're a big business, but and it wasn't so much to make money advertising with South, but he just wanted to be associated with your brand, with the Rabbitohs brand, which is a great brand. So that's that's a, a, a very prestigious thing. Now, just mention to anyone if they uh, if you're not a member, you need to be. Head to the Rabbitohs website, or you can call the Rabbitohs on eight three zero six double nine double zero. Shannon, uh, mate, you guys are excellent. You know this feel better than I do. Mate, uh, thanks for joining us and giving uh, giving everyone a, a great insight to what happens behind the scenes and, and probably the most important areas of the club in terms of uh, you know the membership and uh, and the sponsors. Yeah, thanks for joining us no. here, mate. I'm looking forward to having a chat to you next year. Yep. And possibly this time next year, talking about our 22nd premiership, mate. Yeah, 100. percent Can't wait to catch up at uh, Metricon for a, a young Henrys. Uh, thank you guys really appreciate it I just want to say thank you to you guys you know you guys do this off your own bat and I know it's really caught on like wildfire so we've got staff here in the office and, and I'm not making this up that, that listen to the podcast on their way into work in the car or on the train or, or whatnot. and I speak out to all my friends out in the community who, who all love it so, and you guys do this off your own bat it was your idea without any resourcing or support from the club so just on behalf of the club I just want to say thank you and keep up the good work guys Thanks, mate. Thanks, Thanks She's subatomic, man, and too much of this lifestyle's gonna kill me pretty soon or later. She's subatomic, that's a nuclear fission generator. Okay, now we're gonna do the Rabbitohs news brought to you by the Genius. Yeah, beautiful, Mavo. We've got big, big news on the Rabbitohs front. Sam Burgess' retirement doesn't get much bigger than that. The heart and soul of the club, one of the toughest players to ever play the game. Um, wow. What about those news, boys? What did you What did you think when you first heard that news drop? It's been coming for a little while, but yeah, yeah. It's well, it's devastating. Sad. Devastating, really. He's left a massive hole in our in our club, and it's one that's going to be almost impossible to replace. Yeah, well, like you said, Mavo, it's uh, he's left a big hole, but uh, he's a he's a leader of our club, and uh, he has been for quite some time. Um, you know, he, he plays the game hard and. We're definitely going to miss him. 
and a top bloke to boot. Um, boys, first memory of him. Yeah, well, when he first came along, this big young English forward, I just remember him being a big mobile forward who could hit hard in defence, a couple of those big hits back in the day. Uh, the Sam Burgess story is one that's going to go down in South history as, as a great one. You know, he's, he, he's, his father, Mark, played league and tragically passed away from motor neuron disease. Left him and his uh, brothers, you know, with just their mum. But when he hit the scene in 2006, he was called the Great Britain Sunny Bill. And they would go on to have some great clashes, including one in the 2014 elimination final. But the story that I remember is the legendary meeting between Russell Crowe and Sam on the movie set of Robin Hood in, was in Hertfordshire in England. Now, Dean Witters told the story how he was playing in England with some of uh, Sam's teammates. And he took them all along and they all went and met Russell. And he said, they, Russell and Sam spent a bit of time together and he said, they were walking along and he said, I just knew at that stage that Sam was coming to see us. So it's, it's a legendary story. So yeah, in 2010 he came out and Bradford Bulls loss was South Sydney's game. Boys? Yeah, what, definitely. What about you, mate? What was your first memory of him, Brownie? Cause I, know mate, I, got a couple, I met but, Sam um, probably a couple of years even before he came to Sydney. Okay. I met him down the Coogee Bay. Uh, through a good mate of ours, a uh, good mate of the show, Troy Troy Slattery. Oh yeah. Um, and Chris, shout out to you, Slats. Yeah, good man, Slats, mate. Slats, yes. Um, and Slats had a little bit to do with getting Sam to the club as well. I know you've mentioned Russell Crowe and and Dean Witters, but Slats sure played a, a big role as well. And uh, he he took him around Sydney and showed him the ropes when it when he was here um, for a holiday. He came out with a. a one of Sam's mates, Chris Feather, who played for Wakefield with Troy Slattery. That's how the we, okay. we got to know There's each other. There's a connection right There's there. A connection there, yeah. So Chris Feather now runs uh, 98 Riley Street, the gym in, in Sydney. So um, yeah, so I met Sam then, and he always had intentions of coming out here. Um, it was just a matter of which club he was going to go to, and. You know, we were fortunate enough that he came to the mighty Rabbitohs and uh, on the back of him, uh, we won a premiership. Yeah, we sure did, mate. My first memory of him was, uh, I just probably remember this hit, is before he signed with South Sydney, he was playing for Great Britain as a 19 or 20-year-old. He shot out of the line and flogged Fui Fui Moi Moi off the off, yes. off It was off a, a dropout restart. I don't know yeah, if you remember yeah. that hit. As yeah. soon as I saw that, I said, geez, I'd love to have him at the club and you know yeah. 12 months later he was playing with us and I was at the return to Redfern game I think it was one of the first ones we ever had return to Redfern we played a, a young manly side that had the likes of Frank Paul Newasala and a, a few of those sort of guys anyway uh, underneath the goalpost before the game Russell Crowe took him out there and presented Sam with his father his late father a membership South yes. membership right yes I remember and I, you could see he, he was crying he, was up, he went on they didn't yep. start him right he came off the bench in this game and he was just coming off the back fence. He just picked on that Noah Sala. Every time he got it, flogged him, dropped the ball. <laughs> right? yes. Then he'd get in, run over the top of him, score. Yes. Then he yeah. got, And it was just, in the end, they had to take him off. He was going to kill someone. Yeah. Yeah. Russell Crowe got him that fired up, and I thought, geez, what have we got here? Yeah, what this bloke could be anything. Yeah. And he proved to be. So. Russell's a little bit like Phil Gould. He, he gets into their players' heads and, yep. Yep. and uh, gets a, the passion out of them. And the other lasting memory of South and Sam is in the grand final. I was at the game and. We saw, uh, I didn't see the incident because you, you did, but you did, when you're at the game, you don't see it. And I looked up at the scoreboard and Julie Burgess was on the big screen and I said to my missus, she doesn't look happy, something's happened here. And that was obviously the injury that Sam got. Now, and I said this to Sam when I met him last year at the, at the reunion, I said, most people with that injury are, are laying in the emergency room 
the Prince of Wales Hospital. They're not going out and doing 30 tackles and 20 runs no. in the grand finals. That was a brave... It was a horrific injury. It was a brave effort, and it was an iconic effort, and it, and it will be talked about forever by South Sydney fans. Just touching on that that, yeah, uh, that um, grand final and his injury, I actually uh, seen Sam on the lap of honour. I called him over, and he, he didn't really want to come over to us because of his face, you know, and because I, I, I've got a relationship with him, and I, and I know him. He came over, and he said, Brownie, watch me face, mate. That's all, you know, and uh, obviously I said, mate, I, I, I won't touch your face. Just get a photo with my daughter. And we got this mad photo and we've posted it on our website many a times. And, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd probably um, dare to say that no one in that stadium got a photo with him on the fence doing a lap of honour. I haven't seen one, mate. Put it that way. Please, so. can someone put one up if they have? Yep. I just want to. I just want to see. Yeah, yeah. That's, and tag it. Hashtag Rabbitohs Radio. And he's throwing the challenge out. Yeah, and I think I'll never forget the cheer when um, little Joyce Churchill. Now Sam's the first person, first Rabbitohs player to ever win the Clive Churchill Medal, and Clive Churchill being one of the legendary South players who I've heard about my whole childhood from my father, who followed his whole career. So yep. that was a big moment yeah. for for the club and and yep. me and my family personally because we just love Clive Churchill. And, for someone, for Sam Burgess to be the first and only Rabbitohs player to ever win it so far, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, uh, it was pretty fitting, you know. Yeah. Well, in, in that photo, you can see Sam. He's got the fractured cheekbone. He's got the medal around his uh, around his neck, and he's got the grand final premiership ring. Awesome, on awesome. His finger. Now we've also got Sam is medically retiring, and it's still in the hands of the NRL. So surely they'll let that happen. He, you know, the guy's got a bad shoulder. We're looking to get the what is it, the money back in the cap. Yep, and I'd like to ask a question there. Why did Ben Madalino get his salary cap approved within six hours, right? Mm-hmm. Matt Gillette was 24 hours. Yeah, well, they're yeah. trying, to, they're trying waiting, to prove. Why Sam waiting tw- two months? They're yeah. trying to prove whether it's uh, pre-existing or existing. Maybe it's, a lot of, maybe it's not as clear-cut as the other yeah. two. But, I mean, yeah, yeah he's, well, had, I, he's had repeated shoulder injuries as a forward with that sort of um, aggressive I'm, contact that he – first contact that he does, he's going to have that, but – that infection ended his career. If he just had a shoulder injury, he'd play on. Yep. We know what he's like. He's tough yep. as now. One, yep. one of the toughest players yep. to ever play the game, as you heard from Shannon just earlier. Yep. What did he say? You know? yep. That's right. And on the bright side, another thing that Shannon did say that we've lost our three legends in Sato, Sam, and GI, but they're all going to remain at the club. So that's a big Great bonus news. that we can keep these legends as part of the Rabbitohs team. Yep. We're going to all miss him here on Rabbitohs Radio. We, we're going to catch up with him at some stage and... Yep, he has do agreed a, to come a, on the show. Do a little show with us. And he said to me and Brownie in that last captain's run before that yeah. Canberra game that he might sit down, have a few beers and tell a few yarns he, he yes. in his pommy lingo now. Yeah. He was obviously our captain. So, boys, um, replacement-wise, who are we looking at to, um, to replace him as captain in your eyes? Um, well, Cody Walker done the job last year yeah. uh, when, when Sam didn't play. Uh, obviously, we haven't got Sato or, or GI to take the reins, but... Cody Walker or, or Damien Cook. Now, Cody Walker, there are reports that he's on the way out. So, you know, where does that leave yeah. um, Cody Walker's position of you know, taking the captaincy? We yeah. can't begrudge Cody. He didn't start first grade all 26. Yeah, Probably was yeah. on pretty low money for the yeah. first few years. And yeah. if he gets somewhere near that $900,000 mark somewhere else, I don't think South are going to stand his way. No, I, 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 I couldn't begrudge him. No. Seems like a nice kid. No, well, that's it. Nice if, you have, bloke. if you haven't heard, that's what it is. It's, yeah. He's once 900000 Now, we're not going to turn on Cody like the Roosters have turned on. Roosters no. fans have turned on Latrell. We're not yeah, like yeah. that. 
No, he, wants nine, he wants nine hundred thousand, so, and we can only offer six fifty. So it's a big discrepancy. So that loses that loses Damien Cook and you know uh, further down the chain Cameron Murray. Cameron Murray. Yeah, I, was but I, say I did that, yeah. hear Cameron Murray speak on a radio station the other day, and he did say that he's not really ready for the captaincy yet. No. Um, he just hasn't had that experience and wants to sort of like concentrate on his game. But in saying that. Um, He's capable know. of it though, Brownie. Yeah, like, I mean, in a couple of years he will be. I go back to someone. I think I don't know how exactly how old he was, but I think Brian Smith bestowed the honour of captaining Parramatta to Nathan Kalis when he was twenty-two-year-old, Brownie. Maybe yeah. twenty, yeah. and he he was captain for the next ten years, or and he did a great job, Nathan yeah. Kalis. Yeah, and, and Cameron will do a great job. He'll just get on. He's got leadership qualities. Do, do, he's got great players around him. I reckon Damien Cook. Now, Cameron he, Cameron will be one of them captains that uh, speaks. With his actions, yes, you know what I mean. He, yep. he, he won't, you know. The decisions will be made by by the halves, obviously, but yep. he will speak with his actions a little bit like Sam. Um, well, have a know. look at all the Wayne Bennett coach teams. They've always had good captains, and I'm sure whichever decision Wayne makes, it'll be the right one, boys. Yep. Um, now, who replaces him on that roster? Obviously, like like Mavo just touched on, we've got to get the salary cap exemption first. Otherwise, we don't replace him with anyone. Yes. We've got to cop all these full freight, which is I, I don't think is going to happen. But yeah, well, there's a list here with the, the players that are available. We've got David Fafita, yeah. Ryan Madison, Kurt Capewell, Frizzell, Josh Jackson, Joy Arrow, Jake Travojevic, and Zane Tedavano. So there's quite a few up for grabs. Uh, whether we can lure any of them, there's a couple of good Lucky players you, in there. You won't, you won't get them Travojevic brothers out of me. Nah. But if you could, my first preference would be Jake. I think he's a fantastic football, great yeah. leader. Oh well, I think we're. I don't think we're getting. We've got the. Cameron Murray there, that's a similar style to Jake. I'd uh, I'd be leaning towards David Fafita. More of an edge player, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and a tearaway. And long-lasting. He's only young. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he came along leaps and bounds this year. I thought he got better as the year went on. Uh, so did the Broncos, basically. But, yeah, oh, David Fafita would be my, my pick. Yeah, my yeah. male is Luke Thompson. I know uh, Wayne... And Richo oh, were over the there, pulled yeah. him aside, had a chat to him before yep. he won the grand following. Now, he did say, I won't leave the UK until I win one. Won one with St. Helens this year. Yep. He's in camp with Wayne Bennett. Don't be surprised if his name pops up. Luke yep. Thompson got really good footwork. A yeah, little bit different to Sam. Not not as um, powerful and as aggressive, but definitely more skillful, to be honest, boys. Right. So they keep your eye on him. Didn't play on the weekend, but played in that first match okay. for, for Great Britain. He's and, out here on tour. And I don't know much about him, but they reckon he's one of the best forwards in the Super League. Oh, he is. He's only 24 years of age, too. He's got... Yeah. The world at his feet, this boy. And uh, yeah. you look at some of those boys down in Canberra, the impact they've had in the competition, yeah. the Burgess brothers. Yeah, yeah. so... Well, well, they keep getting all, all the, the good pommies. We're, we're due to get another good and few. We've had some good pommies out here, boys. Like, let's go to... Let's go to yeah, well, who's got, your top three pommies well, that you've my, seen? Well, besides, well, Sam's number one, I think. You yeah. know, he speaks for himself. But I played against the, the Black Pearl, Ellery Hanley. He was, a, he was one of the greats. Oh, wasn't um, he, you know, he was just so elusive and tough. Well, it was that good that Terry Lamb had to knock him out. Knock him out. Take him out of the grand final. <laughs> yep. And I was at, we, we were at the first... And, and, and it worked. We were at the first test in 1990 at... Um, we were? Old Trafford? Old Trafford. No. Headingley. No. The, Wembley. We're at Wembley. Wembley. We're at yeah. Wembley. We're at Wembley. And that's the one where we got beat. Are you yeah. sure, boys? Yeah, we were. We we'll were move there. on. We'll yeah. We were there, we were there we'll in 1990. We'll put a photo up. <laughs> we'll, put a photo <laughs> up. <laughs> we'll put the photo up. We were there. We got a photo taken there. And, uh, How did yeah, you go that day, boys? They beat us. And that was... Oh, we had a big day. It was... But, the thing is, the Pommies were giving it to us because they won that first test because the Black Pearl carved us up. Mm. That's what but I was going to say. How did the Pearl go that day? He went good. But yeah. the thing is, the historic 
was an historic series because the two games that we end up winning at Ellen Road and Alt Trafford were like all time. It was the one where I think Ricky Stewart threw the dummy, oh, went through, picked up Mal. I was yeah. there as well. That was yeah. it. And then, I was right in that corner. I remember being up early with me, me dad and my brother watching it yeah. down there on Malabar Road, yep. South Coogee boys. So Mal, Mal, drew, Mal attracted three pommies in, in that in that last 10 metres and just bumped Yeah. Them. And then the other one, I think Cliffy Lyons made a break late in the game. We were gone in that game. They were going yeah. to win the first series for 20-odd years, whatever it was. And then I think Cliffy Lyons did something, and it might have been ET or someone scored the try. I can't really yeah. remember. Yeah, that, so that was an awesome series. So, yes, Ellery Hanley and also... A few uh, head knocks, maybe. You can't remember. All yes. Like. And also, I, I, I think James Graham, when he first came out, he was a, he was a revelation as far as Pommy forward. His ball-playing skills were unbelievable. Like, they yeah, had that... Yeah. You know, the dogs were on fire when he, they'd get him the link up. It was like an extra f- ball-playing forward. Cassiano was playing a bit of footy out the back, and yeah, that, that yeah. was that was a well-coached side. That was a side that... um, was it, Did he bite Billy Slater's ear that year, too? In the he grand final? I think he might. He, look, <laughs> yeah, that, so it looks he, like they didn't feed him well at Canterbury. Yes. That's all right. So who, he, who's, who's third on your list, mate? Well, I like his passion, um, James Graham, and, and Oh, Sometimes yeah. it's it's ill-founded, you know. He's run, he's aimed at the head at Sam knocks, you know, broke Sam's cheek and biting people. But you can't question his passion. But there are my three: Sam one, the Black Pearl two, Jimmy Graham. Brownie, your top three. Mate, of all time. I'll go. I'll go with the same as Mavo one two. Yeah. Uh, Sam definitely. I think he's the best best forward to to come out. Um, you know, Adrian Morley a close second. Uh, but the Pearl, I'll, I'll throw in number two. I thought he was uh, he was outstanding. He was strong. Um, he could dominate a game. He was you know, an unbelievable player. And the third, I'm going to say, uh, Mavo and I actually played with this this bloke at the Bulldogs. He's not he's not a pommy. He's a Welshman. Yeah. And uh, his name's Jonathan Davies. Yep. The Welsh, oh, the Welsh, Welsh wizard. wizard. Very yeah. very quick, yep. wasn't he? Very quick. Uh, he's very skillful. He could kick goals from anywhere. Uh, he's very electric. Um, a great bloke to boot as yep. well, and um, yeah, so could play and kick goals. But you know, there's a number of other players you can throw in there. Andy Courier is another one. Yep. Uh, like, what like was, a, what was a little bloke Robinson, the winger? He, he was fantastic. Jason Robinson. Jason Robinson. He ended up in Union in the end, but another player. What an electric uh, player he was. Martin, uh, the fire Martin the fire. Well, I played with Chariots. Martin. I played Chariots. with Martin at uh, yep. Salford. Just on. Uh, I'm going to pop up one more name there, boys. My top three was very similar to you. I had Sam. Ellery Henry just just dominate from the centres. Not many people dominate from the centres like he did in that '89 semi-final series. Um, Gareth Ellis, boys, I thought he was a revelation out here, and I th- think he left the Tigers at the wrong time. They really haven't recovered since. No. He was a fantastic forward. That Gareth Ellis could could do just about do it all from yeah, a lock forward player. position, boys. Yeah, and then another one just while it made me think of it is Malcolm Riley. They, he, they reckon he was one of the toughest men ever to walk on a football field, and the famous. Stinky up with Georgie Piggins, a bloke at work, uh, Robert Sate, was telling me that he was there the day when they had this little melee, and he said they were just button heads like two rams, head button, head button. We said it was brutal. Yeah, young, uh, young yeah. Sadie was looking over the, the white picket fence at the SCG. George so. is tough as nails as well. Tough as nails, but they reckon Malcolm yeah, really, really. Well, he's a bit before our time, and they reckon he was good. And just on the Welsh with Jonathan Davies, I just meant to say before is that was the first time I realised that Welsh people actually don't speak English because oh. we were rooming together up at uh, Brisbane. And, yeah. and he's on the phone to his missus and he's talking in this Gaelic and it sounded like Italian. And I said, what What's, What are you talking there? Where's he? he goes, oh, man, well, that's Gaelic, man. You know, that's how, that's what we speak in Wales. I went, oh, really? I thought, you know, Great Britain, I never knew. But there you go. There you go. They speak there Gaelic. Yeah, boys, all right, moving on there. We're going to look at the look at the hole that has been left uh, and the legacies left behind by the great Greg Inglis, 
Sam Burgess, John Sutton this year, boys. What a year for the loss of leadership, experience, on and off the field. Um, but you know what? doesn't matter what era. In your era, people would have thought, oh, how are you going to replace Terry Lamb or um, Mel Meninga and the likes? And you know what? You, at, the, at, the, at the time, you don't think about it when you're a player, but you're just sort of... You're just mining that jersey for the next bloke coming through, sure. and yeah. Well, that's it's a massive hole that we that's impossible. To, we said it with um, Sam, impossible to fill. And when you throw in GI, who's one of the greatest of all time, you can't and, replace and GI, Sutter, can't. Um, Sam, and Sutter. Well, they're, you know all, they're all leaders. They might be different. Yeah. You might get someone completely different but style. And... Now we've said that, but we've also mentioned a few names we can pick up, and also the blokes we have picked up are Bryson Goodwin, Troy Dargan, Stephen Masters. Joshua Cook. Now, I don't know much about him, chaps. But... Oh, Josh Cook, yeah. Young boy from Lapa. He's uh, a little bit in the Damien Cook mould. A little bit of a bigger hitter. Not related. A bit taller. Not related. He's related no. to... Uh... He's related to George Longbottom and Bruce Longbottom. Too yeah. good. Yeah. Um, who we, we, we plugged his son, who, who uh, had, had a bit of a horrific head injury there a yeah. few yep. months back. And he's also related to great Graham Lyons. Chunky, Chunky lines. Chunky lines, yeah. There so you go. good pedigree, boys. What do you well, reckon? Oh, that's you, right. Definitely. You exactly. guys know those three bowies very well. We so do. big things to come from Josh Cook. And Josh you know, Cook. This, this is how good he was. We let go of the New South Wales Cup Player of the Year, which is Billy Britton. Yep. We're happy to let him go because Josh Cook's coming Just through, coming boys. Through the ranks. So there you go. So encouraging signs. We've also got Dean Hawkins, Keon Kalamatangi. Kalamatangi, yeah. Kalamatangi. He's, a, he's a mascot junior. And Kai Rodwell. Kai Rodwell. Kai Rodwell. We've spoken uh, about him on the show. Yeah, yeah he's yes. from down Cooma. Yep. Comes from down, um, you know, the Snowy River area. Yeah, and I know Ben and Rogers give us a big rap on him. He's, yeah, uh, he's got a big. He was future. out. He was out uh, the back end of the season with an injury, but yep. he also played with Mascot, and uh, I'm go. claiming another Mascot claiming one there. So then, Lockie can you tell us a bit about Keon? Keon's a big, strapping uh, young kid, uh, back rower, very skillful. He's got a great offload in him. He's got a bit of footwork at the line, so he's going to be a kid coming through, and uh, he could fill a role there that Sam's left uh, without a doubt. Okay, yeah, good, well, I just want to touch on Dean Hawkins. Now, we were at that Metricon Stadium watching that final reserve grade game against Wentworthville, the one where Wentworthville knocked us off there in that final round to yep. make the semis and yep. went right right through and, and through to the grand final, who they were ultimately knocked off by Newtown. Now, boys, I was having a chat with his manager at that game, who's the former Rabbitoh, Tyron Smith, the big fella. Remus Smith's dad. Remus Smith's dad. Yep. I, I, it wasn't an eye to eye chat. He's much taller than me, <laughs> but I still, but I still got the gist of the conversation. Now he said, "I've had a lot of good players on my books and a lot of good young halves." And he said, "Out of all the good young halves I've had on my books over the years, and he's been a player manager for a fair while, he said he's got the best short and long kicking game and the best game management for a halfback he's seen in a long, long time. So he's someone to really look forward to. We just need him to stay injury free. He's had a lot yep. of injuries over the years, and look, we've." Possible exit of Cody Walker at the end of next season, or we don't know. Maybe off season. I'm not sure. Hey, Depending chaps, do you know what happened after you just spoke to him? What? Just then, when you were talking. Oh yeah, that's him. right. Yeah. Huh? Bang! Yeah. He set the next try up. Dean Hawkins put a little kick through. We scored a try. There right in that corner. As soon yep. as Tyron spoke about it. Yep. Dean Hawkins done it. Son of Ash too. Hawkins, good man. We were speaking to him at the game too. Top bloke, Ash Hawkins. Yep. He's yep. got another young bloke. By the sounds of it, coming through. And uh, yeah, so there's a bit going on there, boys. Yep, and, and the experience of Bryson Goodwin coming back might might just shore up those outside backs. We had a, have had a few problems in the outside backs there. Yep. We're yep. struggling to find guys. Don't forget Kyle Turner, middle forward, edge back rower, had to play in the centres for six, eight weeks. Yep. Did a good job. When you come to think of it, well, I think we lost four, maybe four or five experienced forwards, honest forwards, 
George yeah. Burgess, Kyle Turner, John Sutton, Dean Britt. Mm. Dean Britt too, Sam, yeah. Sam. And Sam. There yeah. you go. There's five. It's huge. But, five you know, we've, we've five got some, regular first And you know what that does? Gives an opportunity to a young bloke coming through, and there's plenty knocking the door. Another name we haven't mentioned, Kurt Dillon, had absolutely no luck. So, so like, like, like Shannon said before in the interview, yep. um, where one goes, Some, someone uh, comes in. And, no, an and, and we read in the papers that South could have four million over the next four years to spend. So we might have some money to bring some I might make in. a comeback. Yeah, we could. Four million? Four million. Hey? Four million. They couldn't afford you, Brent. Oh. Now, also, we're going to have a... We're, 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 now, also, we're... we're Expensive quick, lifestyle. Now, also, we'll quickly... <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now, also, we'll quickly touch on the Cam Murray's kangaroo debut. Now, I think he tried hard, but he missed that tackle on Tavita Pengai but close ma- to the He line. made the tackle just before that? Exactly. I was going to say he the same that. thing. He made And that. let me tell you, no one would have stopped uh, Pengai. No, no, a, not there. In, in that position. And also, I don't know if anyone else noticed, but Takiyaha got up and played the ball sideways. Yeah. You can't do that. It's a penalty. So it shouldn't yeah. have been a try. Did you see the possession at the, I think it was the 60-minute mark in that first 20 minutes of the second half, 78% possession to Tonga. Um, Australia probably did really well in the end. But uh, at the same time, I was pretty pretty happy to see Tonga win for the, oh, for the international a, yeah. game. I'm Australia through and through. But, you know, if you didn't enjoy that... Geez, they've got yeah. a good forward back, boys. Oh, mate. They have, they've got a good side. <laughs> hey. But they, the passion they displayed for their... The, the pride in that uh, in their in country. Jumper, yeah. So that really did lift them, you know. It reminded me of years ago when uh, the Kiwis used to get pulled out of reserve grade. Olsen Filipana was playing for yeah, North yeah. Reserve grade. Uh, put on, pull on the Kiwi jersey... And get man of the match. Christian, isn't it? Exactly. Pulled out of reserve Christian. grade. Yeah. Get man of the match. You know the what I mean? Um, yeah, like, like you said, they're forwards. Adam Fanua, Blake. We couldn't Tom match them. We couldn't match them. Um, Often Gowie. They you played know? a pretty good possession yeah. game. And you look at their halves. They're makeshift halves. They had Lola here, who sort of burst on the scene, was a fantastic 20s player. Never really kicked it in the Warriors and over here in Sydney. Katoni um, Staggs, he had a blinder. Katoni Staggs, who was a centre in his first year at Brisbane, he came late 5'8". The two, yeah. the, the two wingers are uh, giants. The yeah. two wingers. Even, even, even uh, Jennings, he, he lifted, he, he wound back the clock. So, yeah, it was a big... Look, why Fred, wouldn't you lift? Did you hear the, the hymns and all the sing-alongs in the oh, background? Yeah, oh, what, what a fantastic fan Fre- they got. Freddie and Joey um, had, had a dig at the Aussie, the Aussie side. Um, no pride in the jumper and they disrespected Tonga. But um, what about giving Tonga a rap? I know. I thought yeah. they played outstanding. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I, yeah, I, don't, I think that was a bit emotional by uh, Freddie and, yeah, and Joey being former players. And, yeah. you know, anyway. Yeah. All right, now we'll just wrap up this Rabbitohs news and we'll talk about the 2020 draw. Now, we have a tough early draw. We've got to play the Roosters, the Storm, and the Raiders. And then we've got to play them again later in the year. So we play all the top four teams twice. And then we have the round 16 by, and we move to Bank West Stadium and play the Tigers on the 11th of July. Now, I went to the first game that South played at Bank West Stadium last year when we were, had that horrible defeat to uh, the Eels. And I did a little bit of sussing it out, and I went to the Paraleagues Club before the game. So it's probably good that we've got a Leagues Club where we can go now before the games after round 17 and have a drink. Now, I did find it wasn't great in that Leagues Club. There was not a lot of room for patrons, um, but... You, what I did do was get there early and go upstairs to Pablo's restaurant and you can get a table overlooking the stadium. So that's not too bad if you get there early and go upstairs. Okay. The food... A lot uh, of pokies there. there there's there pokies were... everywhere. Like, oh, so that's their revenue. Downstairs, there used to be a big auditorium you could sit. It's full of pokies. So yeah. they all they've got is like a little sports bar where you can go and sit in there. But on game day, if you don't get there early, you're not getting a seat. You'll be standing up. It's not as good as the juniors, mate. Not no, as good no, as the straight juniors. Straight back to the juniors not for as good us. As the juniors, I'm not hanging out at Parramatta. Oh, so, no, no, no. No, so my tip is go up to Pablo's and they also... I'm not going to Pablo's. I'm going to Pinocchio's. 
But I'm just saying on the game day. We've got to go to the game. Okay. Up at, up at Pablo's. Oh, and, we'll and they do have... Get a hot dog. And Parramatta has got their own brewery. Parramatta's Leagues Club. Well, so yeah, you can go right. up and get... Good on it. As um, good as Young Henry's? Well, probably not as good as Young Henry's, but it's better. No because what I was going to say is once you get to the stadium... Yeah, it's it's not as good as Young Henry's. It's definitely not. But when you get to the stadium, you only can only buy mid drink. Well, it's going to be we, our home ground. We got to we got to get on board, get behind right. it. I guess they, they, okay, might, so they might even sell the Young Henry's at the stadium. So no, well that's that's what I'm saying. Hopefully, the South get Young Henry's in there because what I did is I lined up for beers at the stadium. It was a busy crowd. It was twenty something thousand, and it was only mid drink beer, which was a little bit annoying because I'm not a big fan of uh, mid drink. I'd rather a you know a Young Henry's pale ale full strength. But what the way around it, uh, Rabbitohs Radio listeners is. If you want full strength, there's full strength ciders and wine. Yeah, well, can, can I just say one that sticks out in my mind? I know it's not a home game, but it's the first time in 13 years that we've played at this venue. It's uh, the eighth wonder of the world, Leichhardt Oval. We're playing them in round 10. At, uh, it's a 4 p.m. Sunday kickoff. I'd say that'll be a... Oh, I know that's a sellout. And I know that's 13 years since we've played there because it's my 30th birthday. I've got a, a dozen or so of the boys. We went out there, watched the game. We flogged them. Absolutely, give it to them um, back then, and we what went out and, that, had, and we had a pub crawl in uh, right through the Belmont area. It was a fantastic day. I'll be looking to uh, wow. take a day off work there, or what year was that? I might have a sickie, but I won't get on TV this time, boys. Thirty years was it? Two thousand and six? Is that what you're saying? Well, there you go. We yeah. haven't played. Well, I'm forty three. I'm just doing a couple of simple yeah. math yeah, sums yeah, here. Yeah. It was. Are you sure? I, it was my thirtieth. Are you sure we haven't played? We haven't there? played there since then. Well, how, how does that work out? Because I don't well, we, we share the same home ground. Well, they're not going to put a, yeah. a big drawing crowd like the Rabbitohs down there at Leichhardt Oval where yeah, only fits 19,000. Right. Okay. Yep. Yep. And I'm with you now. Yep. So this year they've decided, you know what? Stuff it. Let's bring the mighty Rabbitohs down to Leichhardt Oval and pack the joint out in the summer. I used to love playing and at Leichhardt Oval. Hey, you don't so want them to have it at, on, at 6 o'clock on a Friday night. The yep. NRL has accommodated them and given them a 4 o'clock kickoff and, and I feel like. Running out, running out to a packed... Packed Leichhardt Oval on a Sunday afternoon. That was no better. Well, you blokes have experienced oh, all that. Tell us about tell us about the eighth wonder of the world. Yeah. Good spot, eh? Yeah. Yep. And it'll be a shame if they take it away from them. Too. I think we got an all right draw. We didn't. If you notice, we hardly got a Sunday afternoon game against a lot of Sydney Thursday side this year. I don't think we got one. Right. Whereas next year, I think we got a couple. So I think Blake Solly said, "Yep, look, we're happy. A little bit happier with the draw." Another proud sponsor of Rabbitohs Radio is the Juniors and the Sundeck Brasserie. Located on the first floor of the Juniors, the perfect place to bring the whole family. Open seven days a week for lunch and dinner. Enjoy a sensational a la carte menu, which offers a range of burgers, seafood, pasta and roasts. The Sundeck Brasserie is casual dining at its best, with weekly specials on offer five days of the week, from Monday, where kids eat free, to Wednesdays, when all pasta dishes are just $15. At the Sundeck Brasserie. Rabbitohs Radio is proud of their association with Rise Foundation Australia. Rise Foundation Australia provides mental health first aid courses. Participants learn how to provide support to people who are developing a mental illness or experiencing a mental health crisis. Our lived experience talks draw on the wide and diverse family they have gathered so that people can see that mental ill health and plain old bad times can happen to everyone and in turn that everyone has the opportunity and capability to rise from these times. RiseFoundation.net Rabbitohs Radio is proudly brought to you by Burke Street Bakery. They pride themselves on making real food from the best ingredients, the old-fashioned way, by hand, with dedication and love. 
Baked and raised from humble beginnings in Surrey Hills, Burke Street Bakery has grown to become one of Sydney's most iconic food destinations, with 14 stores across Sydney open seven days a week. BurkeStreetBakery.com.au Okay, we just mentioned the juniors there, and we're also supported by Export Freight Systems, Burke Street Bakery, Rise Foundation Australia, NG Farah, and Maribra Community. We've got new Rabbitohs signing, 18-year-old Lachlan Gale. He's an Australian schoolboy, just come off the back of a big game up there in Brisbane. Welcome to Rabbitohs Radio, Lachlan. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. G'day, Loggy. How are you, mate? Hello, mate. Yeah, got, good, got good. Got Brownie and Mavo in the studio here, the brand new studio. You're the first interview we've ever done here on at the Rabbitohs Radio studio. Oh, mate, uh, where are you from and what was it like growing up there, bud? Um, well, I grew up playing footy for Mascot, played 10 years at Mascot, coached under Dad for, I think, 8 out of 10 years. So I grew up playing there then went over to Maroubra for a few years and Played a few games there and started to get into the rep system at South. And yeah, it's all gone up yeah, from there. Beautiful. Been good. Yeah. Mate, mate, you've yeah. just come off uh, the back of, uh, like Chaps just said, the, the Australian schoolboys uh, game there, mate, against the junior Kiwis. How was that experience? Yeah. Oh, mate, it was unreal. Um, being able to put on the green and gold jersey is obviously a goal for anyone, and to be able to do it at such a young age, it was pretty special moment for myself and my family so mate what what was yeah. it what was involved with the whole process did you you guys go into camp up there yeah, for, for so a we week went, or we so went, we went on to the, went into camp on on the sunday before we played we played the following sunday and we're in camp up at royal pines and the gold coast for, for six days and we went to brisbane the day before we played and met with the family and that the night before and, and then um got mum and dad got to present me with my jersey which was pretty special to me and um, yeah we played the next day against the Kiwis and fortunate enough to get the win so oh good stuff mate even better yeah, yeah must have been a great experience oh yeah unreal very good yeah very nice mate now I believe you're a front rower and now the stats here yeah. with stats here we've got is you're 181 centimetres and 104 kilograms is that about right you seem, seem like yeah, a, yeah, big, yeah. a big, big lad yeah. yeah yeah and also so you've signed with South mate can you tell us what that means to you my whole family supports South and have been born and bred South so to be able to sign with them for another three years is pretty much a dream come true never really wanted to leave leave home so it's good that um, I can come to the junior ranks at South and be able to get the opportunity to have a crack at the big league so it yeah. means a lot to me yeah, well, it's been a meteoric ride yeah. it's been a meteoric ride for yourself mate you started an SG ball this year graduated up to Jersey yeah, Fleck, you're obviously playing some good footy in SU ball, and uh, off the back of that, the boys end up winning the GF there in uh, the Jersey Fleck, which is a yeah, fantastic yeah. Uh, achievement for the club. Were you out there that day? Were you up in oh, camp? Oh, I, I, I played half an hour before kickoff. Oh, I thought it was on the same yeah, day. Yeah, right. It was on the exact same day, yeah. So, unfortunately, I missed out on that, but still able to watch the back end of the game, which is pretty nerve-wracking on the phone. But... Oh, was it what? Yeah. Yeah, man. That was good. Mate, um, I believe you're in a bit of a recovery mode at the moment. You've just uh, had a yeah, shoulder shoulder just, operation. Just come, out, just come out of operation. I had a surgery yesterday. Was it a uh, major one or just a little bit of a tidy up? No, nah, it was just a little bit of a clean up. I just just the the joint was a bit, a bit out of place. So I just got a few 
few um, stitches in there to put the cartilage back in the place and stabilise the shoulder for a bit. So it's starting the um, recovery process now and should be back by round one. Round yeah. Two. Oh, mate. When so when does uh, when does training start for you guys? No, oh, Monday. Monday pre-season starts. So we've got our orientation today and. Let's come around. Let's come around quick, Monday. mate. Very quick. Not much of a rest, but <laughs> no, I good to get back into it. Yeah, it is. Always good to get back into training. And that's sort of, <clears throat> excuse me, that's been in the news lately that there's a few shoulder problems, and we're just wondering if that's part of the modern game. But hopefully, you, you come good, mate. Now, I know Shane Thanks, Richardson's um, giving you a rap. He says you're a great defender and a strong carrier of the ball. So, can you just describe your style of footy and your strengths in your game, please, mate? Oh yeah, it was, it was very good hearing that rap from Rich. I um, oh, no, I like to think of myself as old school, just hit hit hard and run hard every time I run. Always go with intent. Um, yeah, I just I like to hit hard and I like to run hard. Yeah, I get a thrill, yeah. I get a thrill out of it, and mate, I like yeah. when they come off, and yeah, it's just a good feeling. I love doing it. Yeah, good stuff, mate. Is there? Is there a player that you used to look up to or you tried to oh, base still, your game on? Still an upper first coming out. He come out like a madman. I used to, oh, used yeah. to obsess over, over the way he played. And, and then and Sammy Burgess just clicked all those times. And, You're a redhead too, aren't you? Oh, so, not, not like my father. Not like the old man, <laughs> eh? <hey? laughs> I was going to say Dylan Harper is a redhead. Yeah, I know. Oh, mate, I used to love his style of footy. Very, Still very, two of very aggressive players there, and yeah, yeah, that, that you've named there, mate. That's the way, way I like to play. Going with intent, make every tackle your best one. So, yeah, good stuff. So you're in yeah, the preseason yeah. next week. You will be training with the Jersey Fleck. Who's the new coach? Here? I know Ben Rogers has stepped up into that um, reserve grade role there, and he had a bit of a um, bit of an influence in dragging you up there this year. Who's going to take over there, mate? Tell us a bit about him. Oh, I'm not actually sure of his name. I'm going to meet him tonight, but I know he's coming from Wyndham Seagulls up in the QLD comp. So. Okay, yeah. And I heard he's a very good coach. We actually um they won the comp up there. But, that, yeah, yeah. They're under twenty side. They played. They played after us after the schoolboys game. Their, their side was very well structured, and their big boys look like they had a real, real crack. So it'd be good to be under his coaching this year and. Yeah. Hopefully, come out with another result. Yeah, and a lot of second year blokes backing up in that Jersey flag side. I believe they were, they were quite a young side. That South side. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was four of us that come up from, um, come up from SJ Ball and played over five games each. And there was a few that had a few got a few runs. And most of the team were under under 19s last year. So there's only a few boys that are progressing up to Canberra Cup, and the rest are going to stay down with us. Uh, good stuff. Yeah, we had Ben Rogers yeah. on uh, the show last year, and, and he give uh, he give a couple of raps to a few of the the guys that are playing in that side, and it'd be good to for you to run off the back of their experience for from last year's uh, last year's season. Yeah, yeah. Well, those boys really did help me out when I come up to the come up to the flag. It was, it was very um very helpful in explaining and just giving me direction when I first come up and grateful for their leadership and probably helped me develop as a player and taken it to two hands. So. Good stuff. Well, mate, we're hoping yeah. you come on. We need a couple of forwards. We've had a couple of retirements, you know, retirements this year, so we need some hard-hitting forwards like yourself, so yeah. we'll be looking out for you in the next year or two, mate. Yeah, cheers, mate. Thank you. Hopefully 
hopefully I'll go somewhere. Hundred percent, mate. Hey, thanks for joining us. We're in the first no interview worries, on uh, me, in the Rabbitohs Radio Studio. Just one thing, mate. Your nickname's Chalk. Where'd you get that from? Yeah. Oh, mate, I've been asked this question a lot. When I was younger, apparently there was a TV show and um or a TV ad and Chalk Ice, Chalk Ice. Apparently, I used to go <laughs> crazy at the TV every time it come on. And, Ah. And my uncle started calling me Chalk Ices, and then <laughs> the Chalk the Ices sort of dropped off, and it was Chalk. And just I, remember, I remember that ad actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not sure if I went off like <laughs> you did, mate, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it was, but it triggered me, so. Right, yeah, mate. We'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll call you Lachlan Chalk Gale from now on, mate. And uh, good luck, good Perfect. luck with the pre season, mate. And uh, I'm sure Thanks, we'll mate. speak Thank to you, you. again. Um, throughout the year thanks very much mate we'll be, we'll be tracking your thanks career next boys. year as will all the Rabbitohs fans and members and listeners of the program thank you very much thanks Chock thanks mate see you yeah. mate well what about that young Chock he sounds like a tremendous young kid Brownie yeah he's uh, he's a good young kid great family uh, behind him and um, you know he's hard working just come back off the back of the Australian schoolboys, and he'll be one to watch uh, you know through that that 20 system yeah, I look forward to seeing him coming through. I mean, I think we already touched on Kai Rodwell earlier in the show. Very much in the Kai Rodwell mould, a touch younger. Sounds like he's pretty aggressive forward, and he's one to really look out for there, Rabbitohs fans. Yeah, we need a couple of good forwards coming through, and he could be the one. And just hearing him say when he was a young kid going mad, hearing the chalk ices, had the chalk ices, little little chalk running <laughs> around like getting excited. That was a, a good little mental picture. So everyone's thanks for that. Got, everyone's got a story, haven't they? Everyone's got a story to tell here on Rabbitohs Radio. Now, chaps, we didn't ask young Lockie, but he went to Marceline College where he won the Nathan Gibbs Sporting Excellence Award for his achievements throughout his six years at the school. Were you ever in contention for that during your uh, years at Marceline, mate? No, no, I wasn't, mate. I wasn't a, a big um, MCC representative, mate, but thanks for asking. I did get the Class Clan Award six years running. Class <laughs> Clan. So, I remember, actually, oh, actually oh, that brings me to a story. I remember I was kicked out of uh, Mr. Raphael's class, the uh, geography class one day for clowning around. And I'm out the front pulling faces at the kids inside and a bird shit on my head. And, the, and in the end, the laugh was back on me, boys. So. <laughs> That's good luck. Yeah, it the was bird good shits luck. on you? Maybe, they, you know, in the years to come, there might be the, the Grant Chapel Class Clown Award. Well, there could be the Grant Chapel Bird Shit Award. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Anything else coming up, chaps? Well, there is, mate. Sato's got a testimonial. Now, you probably remember the one earlier this year at the return of Redfern. Had horrible weather. It was a torrential rain. Um... So they didn't get a lot of people down there. South Juniors have put on an event at the Juniors at Maroubra at 7 p.m. on the fifth Friday the 15th of November. It's $130 a ticket. It's a bit of a cocktail setup. You get food and drinks, plenty of speakers. Um, who's doing the auctions, Brownie? Mate, the one and only. I've got a couple of gigs this month. <laughs> hey? I'll be down there myself at that, um, that event, and I'm really looking forward. And I actually bumped into Soto today. And I asked him, what's going on? Do you reckon we can get Latrell Mitchell? And he said, uh, we're not pursuing him. I don't think we're going to pursue Latrell Mitchell. I'll leave it at that, but I'm just letting you know. So okay. there you go, a little tip there, boys. Don't expect Latrell Mitchell to be in the red and green in the near future. Oh, I can understand why. I'm sort of a Latrell Mitchell fan, even though he plays oh, for I'm the Oh, I'm a fan. I love the kid. But I love there, the way there's, he plays. there's more to it than just playing the game, Mavo, these true, days. True, but you know, you know what? Mean? If he was to come here to Redfern... We've got GI working on the coaching staff. I think he'd be a sensation. I mean, I know the kids had some troubles and he's, you know, a few different issues, but I don't oh, think I'd love I, to I see him here, mate. I'd love to see him playing for the Bunnies. I don't, I don't think he's had a lot of troubles. I, I think it's just his attitude. And um, I yep. think Robbo's probably just had enough of it. And oh, yep. Fre- Freddie picked it early on. 
Yep. Uh, that's why he, he's out of the origin squad well, he, at the He's moment. got a bit of leadership skills, um, especially in the Indigenous community. I know he um, stands up for Indigenous rights there, and, and yep. he's going he's to be a leader for years to come. Still a little bit young, maybe a little bit immature, but look, I, I'd, I'd like to see him there. I was disappointed to hear Sato pass on that little bit of information there. So we just mentioned the juniors there, and there's a few events coming up. Yeah, and now. by the way, just to, just to wrap that up there, at the juniors at Maroubra, Friday the 15th, 7pm, contact the South Juniors for tickets there. I think they're selling out pretty fast, boys. Yeah, that'd be a great night. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And Brownie, was it a week or two ago, there was a, a touring site out here, a Pommy site. Can you tell us a bit about that, mate? Yeah, there was, mate. St. Helens Rugby League uh academy team came out and they played a few games out here and one of them was against the South Sydney S3 ball training development side and uh, I was fortunate enough to go down the mascot oval and watch the game and you had a, you had a friend of yours son play is that right uh Brent Donnelly yep yeah he played for the uh for the Aussies oh Brent Brent Donnelly's son played for uh the Rabbitohs and I had a had a kid who played for St Helens I, I knew I knew his mum and dad uh, from when I played over in the UK, and he, he went quite well as well. But I walked in the uh, Mascot Oval from the Graphic Arts End. I just had a couple of beers with, with that family, and I walked in, in uh, through them gates there, and I, I had the opportunity to see both sides warming up, and I said to myself, look at the size of these St. Helens kids. They were monsters Yeah. Uh, compared to you know the, the young South Sydney side. And I spoke to Bo Falloon, and um, a lot of the... The Rabbitohs squad are 85% first yearers, so, so yeah. they've got two years in in the, in the SG ball, and and they uh, they were they accounted themselves very well. Who were the standouts, mate? Mate, uh, there was a couple of good kids there. A couple of didn't play. Joseph Sumali and Davy Moali. They're two two great kids who South have got a high opinion of and uh, they believe they will go through the grades pretty quickly. They didn't actually play, but there was a kid there by the name of Apelli Lavaki, a front rower. So if you're getting out to the games, keep an eye on him. I'm sure he'll play the SG ball uh, competition and then get called up into the uh, under-20 system, similar to what Lachlan Gale did last year. And uh, yeah, so it was uh, it was a great day. The Rabbitohs just got beat by St Helens on the bell, and another couple other kids uh, played. Evan Manning. I saw some highlights on his. I know I know his father Shane. Yep. Yeah. He's a strength and conditioning um, coach in that system, and he put up some highlights of, of Evan, and he's a strong carrier of the ball. And yeah, he's got a, he's got a good try. Has a high work rate and gets uh, involved in defence. So. Keep, keep up the good work there, Evan. And Byron, Byron Parnell is another one. So there, there's a couple of names for you guys if you're going out to watch the SG ball and you watch them uh, go through the through the grades. And it was a great first hit out. They were only beaten by a, a couple of points there. Yeah. They, 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 I think they'd only had two training sessions, the SG ball. And oh. St. Helens... We're looking to get um, uh, Evan's father, Shane, and Bofaloon on maybe in January, boys, and have a chat about that squad as they get to know them a little bit better after a few training sessions and a few trial games leading yeah. into that SG ball season. Have a look on their website. I think their first trial is on the 13th of December on a Friday night versus Sharks. So get down there and have a watch. Beautiful. Okay, we've got a guy on the line who's worked with all the best athletes in Australia, in particular rugby league athletes, the people we watch week in, week out. We've got the legendary sprint coach, Roger Fabri on the line. Welcome to Rabbitohs Radio. Roger? Thanks, boys, for having me. 
No worries, mate. We've got Brownie, Darren Brown and Mavo in the studio here too, mate. The new Rabbitohs Radio studio. Hello, mate. G'day, Rog. How are you, mate? Good, champion, and yourself? Good, mate. Yeah, we're good. That's the Thanks. way. That's the way. Mate, where are you from and what was it like growing up there, Roger? Uh, as in what what country was I born or what, yeah, what area yeah, was I Yeah, tell us from? about a bit of your childhood and upbringing, mate. Yeah, a bit so of your background. I'm, I'm, I'm an eth- I come from an ethnic background. I was born here. My parents are in Italian descent. Um, I was brought up on from on the Vaucluse area, and then ever since I was around twenty, I've always lived in the uh, eastern suburbs around Maroubra, Coogee, and a little bit of Kingsford. So I've been around the area, south area, probably most of my life. Been brought up a, a hard side south support. I used to travel everywhere and watch the boys play. Yeah, right. So you got a bit of a bit of a south history there, mate. Growing up in this, this great do, area that. Yeah. Me, Brownie, and Maeve have been lucky enough to grow up in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, unfortunately, they gave me the arse every but the first the first place I ever went for a gig as a sprint coach, and uh, <laughs> I think ever since then my career's just gone through the roof. Yeah, well, it's their loss by the sound of it. Um, we might have to <laughs> get you back. But the- <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, mate, tell tell us a bit about your sprint career yourself as a sprinter. Okay, so I was a handy handy runner. Um, Look, most of my life, I never thought that this was going to be my career. Never intended to be my career. Towards the end of my, uh, towards the, the latter part of my life, but earlier, earlier on, you know, I was just trying to educate myself as much as possible, just to be the best athlete that I wanted, that I could be. Um, I lived in an era when, you know, I didn't have the internet and all the access all these guys had, and I had to travel, um, self-fund myself as my hobby to to listen to people who had. Um, some type of knowledge on speed and the US and Canada held held most of the knowledge when I was young and I'd go and listen to guys like Charlie Francis who was the coach of um, the mad uh, drug man I can't even think of his name but Ben, ben Johnson Ben Johnson uh, yeah. yeah and then um, I spent some time with Tom Tellis who was a Carl Lewis's coach and uh, just listening to them and trying to learn as much as I possibly can just for myself not for anything else it was just my passion so I got an opportunity. I started working with um, with Minicello, and whether basically he came to me because uh, he had reoccurring back injuries. Uh, they couldn't get him on the field, and they, I think he'd had a, quite a numerous amount of surgeries and tried every possible traditional rehab. And then a guy that was on the coaching staff there was also a friend of mine, and just suggested, mate, this could be this could be a potluck, but why don't you try and see if it maybe is your running style that is putting that pressure on your back and, and, and maybe if we can correct your mechanics maybe there's a chance that you can get back on the field whether it was a coincidence or good luck or actually it did work um, that's history then uh, he, I seemed to have some luck there with him and he got back on the field and ended up being I think he got the golden boot that year and um, people started I started to get a bit of a reputation still I never thought it would end up being my career and just my you know snowballed from a just a, a little snowball to an avalanche and here it is now. Uh, good stuff, Rog. Mate, you just touched on before that you spoke to other coaches to broaden your knowledge. You also had the opportunity to go over to the NFL over yeah, in yeah, the US. Both. You work with uh, a couple of teams over there, the New York Jets, um, the and Dallas the Cowboys. Cowboys. And, yeah. and I, I work with the Chargers. The Chargers? Yeah, so I, I, part of that while I was there, I, I'm, I'm a sort of bloke at um, what I would lack in knowledge, I, I'd make up in in, in, in passion and perseverance so I could handle getting rejected and I, I went to the States probably 16 times and 
every time I went yeah. over there to listen to somebody or to learn a little bit, I'd knock on the door of an NFL team. And I think I, I ended up driving one of the blokes berserk and he had to give me a job. He gave me a job just to run the water. Uh, it was an, a non-paying job and then just got an opportunity to learn and listen because I wanted to hear if speed was different as opposed to athletic speed or field playing sport speed. Um, while the rules are very, very similar, you know, some, you know, some, some of the athletes obviously run with a ball underneath their hand and, start, and obviously the field playing athletes have a lot, a lot of multi-directional movement pattern as opposed to an athlete who would just run straight lines. So I try to educate myself as much as possible and got a little bit of a reputation over there. Got my first paying job with the Dallas Cowboys and I thought that was one of the biggest. Besides taking Haynes to the NFL, that's probably my biggest achievement. Yeah, great stuff. Mate, just on that, um, how far advanced are they compared to what we are? I remember going over to uh, the San Francisco 49ers in 1988, I think it was, yeah. and and back then, you know, we were just sort of like amateurs and we turned up to their training uh, establishment and they had cherry pickers video in their training session and we said, wow, yeah, look, yeah. look at this. Um, yeah, and we followed suit. I, yeah. look, I would say the gap has, has tightened yeah. and I'd be honest, I think that I think I would have said five years ago, if you asked me this question two years ago, I'd say now that, sorry, I'd say there was a five-year gap if you asked me this question two years ago. I reckon now it's probably a three-year gap. I still, you know, but that their game allows the micromanagement as opposed to ourselves. There's a lot more money in the game. They have specific positions. Each position is micromanaged. And I'm seeing this slowly come into the NRL as well. You're yeah. starting to get halves coaches. You're starting to get forward coaches. You're starting to you you know getting back coaches. It's going to be yeah. a, it's only just a matter of time till everybody's micromanaged. Now, you know, you, well, talked, you uh, talked about the monetary um, difference between the NR, NRL and the NFL. Now, obviously, you said your first paying job was with the Dallas Cowboys. Now they got the one of the most eccentric billionaire owners. You get a chance to meet Jerry Jones, yeah, mate? and that's why that's why I left. He drove. You've never seen a bloke, Jerry Jones. He's, that is so involved oh, he is. I've, I've, on with a big NFL fan yeah. I've never seen it. Yeah. I've never seen him get I've never seen a coach uh, sorry, an owner. Not that I've been really exposed to many owners, but you would think that if this guy would just sit back, he is extremely involved. He's so very hands did I get to meet him? I saw him. Um he wouldn't know who I was. There was so much staff there. But yeah, he's very involved. And what were some of the, what were some of the athletes in those um, particular teams that you got to work with, and, and who impressed you the most? Because they've got some phenomenal athletes over there. Look, at, at that time, I, I was only exposed to the rookies uh, because I was only with them for a small. I was only with them with training camp. Yeah. Uh, so. Oh yeah, it doesn't go I, a long I, training I, camp. No, it doesn't. So I, I was there for the five or six weeks in training camp, and I only got really work to work with the rookies. But you look at the rookie at the collegiate level when you're talking about speed. You know, these guys are drafted from a track experience. So first of all, their dream is to run to the Olympics. And if they can't get to the Olympics, the scouts are just saying, mate, what are you going to win out of the Olympics? A gold medal? Come and win, earn millions and we'll teach yeah. you how to catch a ball. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. And then yeah. speaking of the Olympics, you work with the great Linford Christie. He spent a bit of time yeah, out here, hasn't he? Yeah, alongside him, yeah. Yeah. yeah he, I mean, I, did, we, I, I just spent time with him. I was just, again, that was just in my knowledge gathering phase. I was only young to the sport then. Again, had no idea it was going to be a career pathway. I had a job. I was in sales, and it just he was a world champion here, and used to make Australia his home in the off season. And uh, I got to, uh, a chance to to look after him at the Botany Bay Gift, and then he asked me to come out and and, and work with him and, and train with him out at Narrabeen. 
that was an experience of a lifetime. You obviously back to our athletes, uh, the NRL. Uh, it's off season now, and um, yep. you've always got a, a handy team of NRL players that you work with. A, a lot of the elite players employ you throughout the off season. Yep. Why do they go to you and, and what do you teach them? That's a good question. Uh, look, you know, I, 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 I truly believe that a coach, if a coach has to believe in himself, if he, can't, if, if he doesn't promote himself to be the best out there, then how do we get the best out of the athlete? So um, I feel that my, where I, I separate myself, I'm extremely brutal. Um, I, I, I think I read just two years ago, Cookie held off coming to to me because he was scared that I was going to tear him apart when it came to him showing his me his mechanics. The yeah. other thing that works for me as well is, is experience, Darren. I've been in the industry such a long time. I know what works. I know that footballers have a very small time frame as far as uh, the off-season. I don't want to be working with drills that are going to get me a little return. I know what to change very quickly to see them get a an improvement to stimulate them coming back speed as you know if you're very competent speed it grows like trees it grows very slowly being in the industry so long I know what drills are going to get you to the fastest point in the shortest amount of time and that's what's important to footballers they want to be able to come to me in that small window period in their off season and see a difference if they see a difference then they're stimulated to come back at the end of the day they're my promotion if they go well, I know I'm doing a good job. See the fox run the length of the field try. See Cookie be able to dart out a dummy half and not have to offload. You know, they're, they're, they're examples of the work that we've done in the off-season. Oh, we love that too. We love seeing that too. He's our go-to guy. Mate, them, them two blokes you just mentioned, uh, they're, they're, still, uh, they're still in camp with, with the Aussie side. What players uh, are you working with at the moment? Who, who you got on your so books? I, I've had... Um, a couple of people coming through. Uh, it's only early, early on, and most of the stars will probably said will come after that. I've had Bevan French. He's come over from Super League. I've had uh, Joseph Manu, who come in, who dropped in just before he went into our New Zealand camp today. I had Daniel Alvaro, and I've been working quite strongly with Kyle Flanagan. Yeah. Um, I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for. A, actually, a lot, a quite, quite a lot of the Rabbitohs guys hit me on the ground, and I'm still waiting for them to turn up. So, hopefully, they get their asses down there quite quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned Cookies. He was yeah. worried. I read that story how he was worried about his style. Now, did you? What What did you say to him? And and did you fix some stuff up for him so that we yeah. can get him those darts getting even quicker out yeah, of them? Yeah, I, I I wasn't try, so brutal with him. And I think maybe sometimes my reputation precedes me. So he, I have to I have to give all the other coaches a rap here. You know, most of the guys that do come down to me, as opposed in Darren's era and. And Tugger and all that era, those guys, um, a different kettle of fish. I think, you know, just hard work was, was their forte, you know, just flogged and getting flogged and getting flogged. These guys have come down as pretty well built machines. So, credit to the coaches that come there. All I do is just really look for the, the areas that have been untouched and clean them up, teach them how to execute at that higher level. And, and that you will see that usually takes them to the next level. That's where. The difference is where the guys that are employed in the NRL these days are good at so many things where I just specialise on one thing and I do that really well. Yeah. Mate, you mentioned um, earlier that you took Jared Hayne to the NFL and um, I know you used to call him the Ferrari. 
Yeah. How did you find Jared to work with? What a beast. What a beast. Uh, and again, a contrary completely different to every other coach's interpretation of him. Maybe Jared, you know, Jared's always had this reputation of not being the best trainer in the world. I'm completely the contrary. Or is it just because it's something that he loves to do? Um, he was a very disciplined trainer. Uh, attention to detail was outstanding. A guy that um, th- threw it in at the top of his uh, on top of his game in the NRL had no idea on what to even expect in the NFL. So we take his, take my hat off the courage there. But to actually make a roster, what an achievement that is! That's probably one of the greatest yep. Australian achievements of all time. Yeah. You go and compare it to Valentine Holmes, and no disrespect to Val, yep. who I have worked with at, at Cronulla. Mm. You know, he couldn't make it. And, you know, and, and you can see what his asking price is right now. True. And I still think Jared had an unfortunate start. And I still think he would have made a success of it, but it obviously didn't happen. I know. Now. I'm the same. I, I thought I thought he I thought he pulled out too early. But yeah. we, we don't know well, what yeah. went on behind the scenes. The rugby no. thing came along, sir. So. You've got, under, again, back to my original, when you asked me what was one of the categories, what, what do you see that's different? You have one particular job, Darren and yeah. Steve. You have one particular job when it comes to the NFL. That's all you're employed to do. If you can't do that job, they have a very they only have sixteen or seventeen games per year. Yep. They can't afford to wait. Mm, if you no. can't get it right, there's a, there's twenty guys on the sideline waiting for you to get it right. So yep. he had the most unbelievable preseason. Unbelievable. What he was doing before the season started yep. was incredible. I think they took him as a circus and then suddenly he made them stand up and take notice. Yes, he needed to persevere uh, and, and maybe go and stay on a training, uh, on a practice squad. But again, um, I can understand why the coaches pulled him out. They can't afford to have a player make a mistake either. Yeah, fair enough. Now, mate, I was a bit of a sprinter back in the day in the junior ranks. And yep. so we, um, we might come down to, to training there at Centennial Park, me, Brownie and Chaps and let you put us through a few paces and see if we've still mate, got you're, it. You're welcome. Anytime. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Borough, Trust me. We'll, 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 have a, we'll have a little cheer squad for us while we're getting through. Roger, you know me, mate. I, I've worked with you a lot and, and my boys have uh, worked with you and these guys here, they don't know how hard it is. They think, oh, we'll do two, <laughs> two, four hundred. <Yeah. laughs> you... well, I think we'll just let them come down, Darren, and then just let them share the experience. You'll yeah. never see them again. <laughs> <laughs> Rog, mate, just uh, two questions, mate. Um, sure. We've got a sprint race, one over 40 metres, one over 100. NRL players, yeah. who wins? Roberts wins the 40 and the Fox wins the 100. Oh, oh there you go. There you go. <laughs> two South Juniors. Yeah, there you go. Well, at least there one of them, one of them's playing for South this year, next year. So that's good. That's yeah. it. So how do we get in contact with you if we wanted to um, mate, get in there and in the sprint game, mate? All, What's your website? I have a I have a website called the Speed Agility Academy, and and if you want to just DM, DM me on on my Instagram, it's Mister Roger Fabry. Otherwise, just word of mouth. I'm 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 a local. You'll always find me. My big nose and big teeth. You can't miss me. <laughs> Roger, you you uh you done an academy last year with Gus or. Uh, Gus and Joey, I think it was. Yeah, Gus. Joey, unfortunately, couldn't get there. What yeah. an experience that was. You know, I, I love... There's, there's, two, there's two guys that just capture my attention nonstop when they speak. I can't help but listen. And I've got to work with one of them. One of them's Gus Gould when he speaks. Whether, whether it's right or wrong, I have no idea. He just captures my attention. The way he delivers the message... Yeah. He's second to none. It's inspiring. It was, yeah. a great, it was a great opportunity. He's been a great supporter of mine, Gus. Took me to Panthers, and every time that um, a football player come down that's highly recommended with him, I, I seem to be his first choice. So 
I'm quite privileged when it comes to that. Yeah, a lot of people, um, uh, you know, they, they get offside with Gus, but I, I'm like you. I, I was coached by Gus, and I think he's um, got the best knowledge in the game. Uh, when, when he speaks, um, he knows what he's talking about. Absolutely. All right, Rog, thanks for joining us on Rabbitohs Radio. I've got a sh- mate, I've got a... thanks for having me. I'm just about to sprint up the Burke Street Bakery for a pint of sausage roll, mate, so we'll have to let you go. <laughs> thanks very much. Good luck. Thanks for Take that, Rog. Good on you, mate. Good on you, legend. It, thanks, mate. Thanks. See you, mate. Thank you, brother. Bye. You're welcome. Bye. Well, that was a good chat to Roger Fabri, Roger Fabri, whichever way you want to say it. And I think we should do that, get up there to train in the three of us and have a little... Who's the fastest over forty? Who's the fastest over a hundred? Little oh, session. I'll be in. I'll be in that. 100%. Yeah, chaps. What are you? How are you looking there? Yeah, well, I might be all right. I've I've got a bit of a tight hamstring at the moment. But bit of toe. I reckon I'll get you over ten. How about that, boy? <laughs> yeah, sweet, sweet. <laughs> yeah. I was always quick out of the blocks, but I, they always round me up because I've got real short short legs. But uh, Maver, I'm sure you'd, you'd back yourself in there. Oh, I would. Yes, not, well, I think not, I, not I short think, of confidence. I think I've got the forty in no, that. No, right, Roger gives starts. Oh, yeah. does he? I didn't factor that in because I don't know if my 108 kilo frame would get, get your uh, 70 kilos over. <laughs> oh, 70? Give me a wrap. <laughs> um, 80 yeah. plus. Anyway, yeah, all good. Um, yeah, no, he's a great chat there with Roger and he's a good man. We thank him for joining us on Rabbitohs Radio. Thanks for joining a, us. got a lot of knowledge in, in terms oh. of um, speed and speed mechanics. A lot of experience around great the world. Great stories. Okay, now we're going to bring you news around the NRL brought to you by NG Farrah. Yeah, beautiful brownie. Thanks for that, mate. We've got some really big news in the rugby league world. One of the biggest superstars to, to grace our shores and the rugby union world, Sonny Bill Williams, is on the verge of signing, which he hasn't signed officially yet, but a $5 million per season deal over two years, $10 million. That is phenomenal. It is the highest contract by a rugby union player, rugby league player, player and coach, boys, what about that? How big is that for our game? That's NFL standard. It's huge. Unbelievable. It's huge. It's huge for our game to have a North American team into the Super League and they're splashing out this big money. Now, we did mention on the show, Tim Mason's our Rabbitohs Canadian correspondent. He's a he's a Toronto Wolfpack fan who have uh, who've splashed out the money for SBW. Jeez, he'd be excited, Tim and the boys over there. Tim would be, he'd be pumped. Who, who splashed out the money? Nick Politis? No, no. <laughs> his name's David Argyle and he's actually got, he's the Wolfpack owner and he says he's got a 10-name superstar list that he's pursuing and one of them is apparently supposed to be Luttrell. So well, we're not go. sure. Well, now. you know what that will do well, by signing Sonny Bill? It will attract them players to go there. Yeah, he might be able to get a few of them. And Roosters offered him two fifty, I think, 250000 a year. Unders, but he knocked yeah. it back. I don't know why, but... Yeah. well, t- And Toronto qualified for the Super League thanks to a 24-6 victory over Feverston in the million-pound game in Ontario. So that was a huge game. And I think we mentioned that in the show as well. Tim was... I'm pretty sure Tim was there. So we might get Tim on the show at he some can, stage. to have be a chat our correspondent. With, our Canadian correspondent. And um, it's, you know, it's, it's only going to be good for the game to have, like I said, a, a team from North America, the Canadians, in the Super League. And off the back of that big deal, he's also going to do a Netflix series about his journey through um, from rugby union into rugby league and you know, uh, North America, the effect it's had on North Americans up there in Canada, over there in the UK in Super League. So that sort of exposure, it's going to be right across the world, that Netflix series. Yep. Um, Do you think Netflix could do a, a story on us, the Rabbitohs Radio story? I don't know. I wouldn't, go, I wouldn't go that long, would it? Because I did write a story if anyone hasn't... <laughs> if you haven't read my oh, story... Oh, that's true, yeah. That's going to be a top seller. 
Goodbye. I wrote a story on our website if anyone hasn't read it. It's about 5,000 words. I wrote, Three I wrote, different characters? It goes on a bit. But, I don't uh, know if we're the draw cards at Sunny Bill are, boys. But, um, we're the draw card around the Eastern Suburbs. Well, we'd, be inter- we'd, we'd make it interesting. Around South Sydney, I should say, not yeah, the we're, Eastern Suburbs. We're big in botany, put it that way. Because the thing on this show is that we think anyone who's got a story to tell will get you on. Because, you know, it might not be that you might not be Sam Burgess or, or, you know, Shannon Donato. You might just be a, a fan that's got a story to tell us about the bunnies or something else that's interesting. We'll yeah. get you on on the phone or come in the studio in the Rabbitohs Radio Studios. Brand new Rabbitohs Radio Studios brought to you by Export Freight Systems in and, Botany. And how do in they the contact, heart of South Sydney Territory. How do they contact, contact us, Mova, if they wanted to tell their story? We're easy to contact. You can send us an email to rabbitohsradio at gmail.com. You can go to our website, rabbitohsradio.com.au and leave some feedback there and subscribe as well. Every time we post a story, you'll get an email with the story on there. And another easy way is like Soulstar69 does is through Instagram, sending us personal messages on Instagram of encouragement. You can comment on Facebook, Twitter, and yeah, I think that about covers it. But you can also go to our YouTube channel and put a comment there as well. Yeah, fantastic. Um, all right, boys. Um, any other news? I think Isaac Luke, a, a former, former Rabbitoh, a real fan favourite. You know the fairy tale. I thought he'd like to come back, but it's just there's only there's any room with Josh nah, Cook coming nah, through. Looks nah, like nah, the, drag, nah. the dragons look like they're interested. You reckon that could be a good sport? What about Manly after um, that pretty yeah. horrific news where yeah, uh, couldn't even, yeah, the, the Manly hooker Fanu, there, Fanu is it? Manu Fanu or something. Anyway, yeah, he's uh, gone to a church gathering as we all do, and yeah. uh, he's pulled out a pulled uh, out the shiv, pulled out a shiv, and and give it to somebody. Yeah. Now I I've, yeah. I don't know about you, but I haven't done that at a church meeting. But no, well. Um, I'm not a big fan of religion, and it always seems to. Lose Wonder the if front. he went straight into the confession box. <laughs> he might have done. I oh, had to on, <laughs> yeah. the way, on the way out, but I'm, like no, said, that, yeah. that's horrific news. I know I'm making a bit of a joke out of that's some poor young bloke, but yes, um, true. But there's a spot there for Isaac Luke, and I, I think he's. I'd love to see him come back to Australia. I know he's got a property here at Earlwood, so I'm sure he'd like to settle somewhere in Sydney, boys. That's the end of the first ever off-season edition of Rabbitohs Radio. Sydney, Sydney, R A B, R A B, B I T, B I T.